are in Baird Country. Uh, okay, welcome to Baird Country. Today we have an awesome guest. We have the Xander Budnick. I don't know if you know Xander. You've probably seen him in a few of my YouTube videos. We've done a few trips together. Xander is a YouTube savant canoe tripping uh, specialist, a survival guy, and all around good dude. Check out his channel, Xander Budnick. It's spelt with an X. And uh, yeah, winter camping. Uh, you know, the guy goes out and sleeps between two bonfires when it's minus 30 and uh, really just puts himself out there and does an amazing, amazing job. Probably one of the best jobs you'll see on YouTube at filming it. So, yeah, Xander, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I, I love the word savant when, when introducing me what a what no a problem. bold claim uh, yeah i don't really like, even know what that means it's just like somebody who's like very well versed and just like, like i kind of could have guessed that yeah yeah you yeah. know you so know what i mean you're so. very welcome thank you're you very welcome thanks for having me so xander we're on you're welcome you're welcome we're on the uh lower magnetowan river at the head of a canyon a rapid filled canyon, not just any canyon and hundred foot walls on either side. And the rapid is 300 meters long. You're paddling in to solo this whole thing with a canoe full of gear. What happens? Well, I had, I had the great Jim Baird and his brother, Ted, as well as my brother, Max. They're all, you know, they're all pretty gung ho for the rapids. And Jim told me, he's like, the biggest obstacle is at the start. And if you flip, you're going to spill and you're going to have to run this entire rapid like in in the water but the chances of pinning are pretty low and so uh after these guys all decided to do it i had like i mean i had to do it I mean, <laughs> so, and i was pretty excited to do it but i was on the wrong side as i came into this curling wave that was hitting from river right and uh i was bracing on my left i should have cross bow draw uh crossbow braced onto uh, the side in which the wave was coming into as I was heading into this uh, curling wave. And I just, I got eaten alive. I I, uh, I grabbed the gunnel of my canoe like an amateur would. And uh, I, I splish splashed in the water down, down, <laughs> down the rapid. And it wasn't until Jim yelled from way up on the canyon walls. He's like, Xander, grab the rope. And uh, yanked on the rope of the canoe, which I learned later is probably not the best thing to do in this situation. You want to stay clear of uh, the boat. You definitely don't want to be in front of it. Yeah, you don't want to be in front yeah. of it, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just ended up being swooshed down this raging canyon, class three. Uh, my canoe, uh, named Patches, for obvious reasons, uh, was <laughs> smashed into this the boulder. Yeah. The only thing that was a pin risk on the entire uh, stretch of rapids and... Uh, I managed to like swerve around it and um, all my gear was kind of like washed down with my with my uh, my limp body as I uh, shamefully uh, ended up in the eddy. Uh, well, I wouldn't say shamefully, but like hilariously ended up in the eddy uh, where I was able to collect most of my stuff and uh, and a lot of really good footage. Um, later, my uh, my brother's girlfriend posted on Reddit. He's like it was like um, my brother running the c3 rapids and the people in like our white water are you familiar with reddit uh, a little bit yeah, yeah they yeah. just like ate me apart they're like oh. this guy is textbook doing everything that you should not do <laughs> in this situation bracing on the wrong side yeah. now you're wearing knee straps doesn't have a deck mm. he's running with his all, all his stuff there's no you spotters he held, he held you, the rope yeah. it was like they just like ate me apart yeah and uh it was pretty humbling to be honest but yeah. like i'm out there to learn and and i knew that there was 
the consequences were pretty low. Right. So I was willing to. I mean, to- some people would disagree. Do you, you know how to swim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, swimming a three kilometer long, not three kilometers, 300 meter long class three, you know, is not super easy. There's kind of some sections in between that aren't so crazy. What was going through your mind when you dumped on that first curling wave right at the head of this canyon, knowing that that whole rapid is in front of you and your your canoe's tipping and it's all happening in a split second and you're like, I'm going in the water. What were you thinking? My first thought, like, it was, oh, fuck, I'm an idiot. I grabbed the gunnel. I'm like, <laughs> that was actually my first thought. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. I grabbed the gunnel because you're supposed to pry, like, brace into the paddle both yeah. hands on the paddle and i just kind of like oh i'm in the water and then it was like okay we're like this is like powerful this is like uh, it was real it was like mm. like you when you're swimming in the rapids mm. it's like you feel the surge of water pushing you mm-hmm. and uh and all of a sudden mm. it's like shit shit just gets like very serious yeah yeah and um and, and I, there was a moment where it was like okay like I'm in front of, or I'm behind the canoe. So the canoe is like downriver from me. Mm-hmm. So I'm in not a bad position. And I'm like trying to like mm-hmm. juggle some stuff back in. So I kind of can keep it like my barrel, yeah. which I didn't have strapped down. Right. Silly enough. Um, and then you yell, like grab the rope. I'm like, okay. Grab the, grab the throw bag yeah, or something like yeah. that. And then you did smash right into that rock too. Yeah. And your canoe like shook. Like yeah. it was pretty close to, were you at all worried that you might actually pin on that rock? Um, there was... I mean, everything happens so quickly yeah. that it's like, I, I saw it like as I was floating by it and I saw the canoe just drag up against it as yeah. I was like uh, coming past it. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, there there goes my canoe. And then it kind of came around. I'm like, oh, okay, good. I still have the canoe. Yeah. And it, like, I'm, I'm intact. Like, yeah. that's all I really cared about. And, right. you know, it was, yeah, it, things happen so quickly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just kind of like, you're like, you're out of it. And you're like okay now what okay i swim i haul this stuff to shore yeah. and uh collect my dignity mm-hmm. and hopefully there's some cool footage yeah i do find it to be a little bashing to the ego you know <laughs> what i mean yeah like i dumped on that trip too and i was trying to run like a stupid line and then you guys all took like a way easier line and just made it look easy and there's right. me swimming you know i definitely didn't try to grab the gunnels i suppose like <laughs> if i want to if you what a great way to prove that you can't don't need to grab the gunnels and that you just keep going for that brace is right. by craning sideways into a giant hole that's what i did wow i was know? awesome by the way like yeah. when you did that there was part of me that was just like nice jim also <laughs> bailed so therefore yeah you know, right right yeah you know, all we needed was ted to bail and then we would yeah. have been full circle yeah oh that was a lot of fun man remember what we saw at the base of that canyon a smashed apart canoe yeah right so i would say that that canoe got pinned on the same boulder that you almost got pinned on in that canyon and then also remember how we saw some uh, mountain climbing equipment on the trees Mm, way up on the canyon's edge like almost like that same canoe people tried to extract right and they like rope down maybe it was like a guiding company you know, taking guided uh, and their clients got stuck there. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for me and for most rapids, where I draw the line is like, I'm going to die if I run this rapid, right? But the thing is, it, when you're in a when you're on a remote canoe expedition and we were like fairly remote, but we could have walked out of there. Yeah. We weren't like in the northern Canadian wilderness. 
the issue is not necessarily whether you uh, will die in the rapid. You might get shooken up. You might have a, a crazy swim, but it's whether you're going to lose your canoe and it's going to be bashed to pieces. Yeah. You're going to have none of your gear there. Maybe your communications equipment is gone. Yeah. And now you have no way to get out of there. No clothes. You're wet. No, you know, hypothermia sets in and you might have to try walking out like a hundred kilometers to the closest road or oh, something yeah. like that. Right. That's like usually the, the bigger danger. It's all risk mitigation. Yeah. It's like if so. you have any questions whether or not it's going to be okay, it's like, nah, yeah, probably not. But you know, when you're hanging out with Jim Baird and Ted Baird and Max yeah. Budnick and everybody else is running, it's like, okay. Gives you an inflated uh, sense of security. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's it go. is way safer though when you have a bunch of guys that are yeah. ready to jump in and help or like you 100 know, meters up the canyon wall ready to dive in to save you. I mean, what we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm coming (laughs) (laughs) into boulders dead. Yeah. But we did have another canoe. You probably could have paddled in Max's canoe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like he has a, he had a 16 foot canoe or something. Could have shared a sleeping bag. Actually, that's one of the survival videos I wanted to do. I want to do uh, uh, the Baird brother survival sandwich where, you know, down to negative 30, try to survive the night in between two Baird brothers. Yeah. Me and my brother decided (laughs) that we'd just rather die. Um, you know, and that actually one of the good things about having a, a two canoes, right? Like, let's say there's me and Ted when we did this big canoe trip in, on the Cujo River, which is in the Arctic. We're like, mm. if we dump, if you're hypothermic and you can't get a fire going to warm you up because you're in the Arctic and there's no trees, you have to get in the same sleeping bag together. But if both people's body temperature is too low, mm. then how are you going to warm the other person up? Um, so me and Ted, you know, we thought about if one person goes in and that, you know, we're just like, you know, you have to strip down naked, hold your bodies close to each other, warm the other person up. You need an external heat source. Mm. Even your sleeping bag's not going to work to warm you up. Right. So my brother and I decided we would just die. rather just die. Yeah. yeah. Then be found like that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No, I can, I, I can get behind that. Yeah. I hear like dying of cold is pretty peaceful. Really? Yeah, I'm sure, cool. it's, sure it's better than dying by fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to really dive into figuring that out, but you know, yeah, cool. So Xander, <laughs> you have a YouTube channel. How many subscribers do you have now? Uh, just hit 650,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And and it's all, it's mostly all, uh, what kind of content? Uh, outdoor based. Usually it involves yeah. sleeping somewhere yeah. outside, cooking some food. Yeah. Uh, maybe trying some new type of survival skill. Right uh, something outside usually we kind yeah. of plan around it's not like i don't just do canoe tripping i don't just do winter camping uh a little bit of fishing dabbling into hunting though mm. that seems to be controversial um mm. which you know i understand but you know some mm-hmm. people need need to learn more about you know why people hunt uh, mm-hmm. which i'm learning about and that's kind of my journey it's like taking people along mm-hmm. with me as <clears throat> i learn outdoor skills because mm-hmm. like i wasn't always I wasn't like I was. I've always been in the outdoors, mm-hmm. but doing deep backcountry canoe trips, right. and survival, tr- survival uh, challenges, and winter camping. This mm-hmm. has only been like you know these bigger trips have been you know five five years now. Right, right. Well, yeah. you're not that old though. I'm 34. Yeah, so you yeah. know, like you know, I've been doing big trips for 18 years now. But when you hear that, it's like, okay, was he starting at two, or is, is this guy old? <laughs> right. Okay, so you're a kid. Uh, you're growing up in a you know relatively small town in, right. in southern Ontario, right? Um, so you're close, kind of closest to big cities, but a small town. Uh, did you have access to nature, to forest, to farm fields? Like, what? Where did you kind of get into it? 
We had a river running through our small town of like, it's like five to 500 to a thousand people in the mm -hmm. town. Mm -hmm. um, Carlisle is the name of the town. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my buddy Rob, we used to go down the river, catch frogs. Cool. You know, build forts, built so mm. many forts in that. Aren't they called bushcraft shelters? Yeah, 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 I guess so. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, young bushcraft forts, tree mm -hmm. forts, skid forts, mm. um, like all, all that stuff, um, you know, chasing around, like collecting uh, toads from window wells, you mm. know, shoving them down my friend's pants, you know. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just all Kid the normal stuff. things. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we had a cottage up in Halberton where, mm. uh, you know, we'd go in the summers mostly. And mm -hmm. I was where we went to like camp. And that was like my first experience with like canoe tripping. Mm -hmm. and I found I was like really myself when I was at camp. You know, I felt like I was like in my element. But I, I took that for granted until like... I guess in high school when we did like more outdoor programs mm -hmm. and that's when I like really found my calling again, mm -hmm. like, or at least that's when I found like, okay, it was like the fusion between, you know, the, the video, uh, class, like the video editing class in, in high school, as well as like the outdoor program mm -hmm. in, uh, grade 12 universe or grade 12 high school that it was kind of like, okay, these two things are, uh, kind of what I want to do but it, i had to come full circle with that later in mm -hmm. life but this, so you like the outdoors yes i like the outdoors. and you and also you had a background in you really got into filming yeah. shooting content creation as well yeah. independent of each other right yeah so i mean i mean i grew up with like the show jackass mm -hmm. i'm sure a lot of you guys did so we like filmed each other doing dumb shit around the right so everybody did and that was kind of yeah. like the intro to like filming yeah. and then in high school took like a video class and i like aced that class nice and then i wanted to go to university university for that stuff which i kind of like lost track with for many years but it was around that time that i filmed my first outdoor mm -hmm. uh canoe trip which is still on youtube to this day which is my brother max and i and two of our friends both named justin we did the missinabi river oh, cool. uh, from matisse mm -hmm. up to uh moose factory and moosini neat yeah. yeah and that was in 2000 Eight. okay and you filmed that film that it's like it's on my youtube channel it's like oh, 14 neat. years why ago. haven't i seen this because it's like deep in the archives yeah okay okay i just did yeah. a reaction to it on my like a like reliving it on my second channel xander Bunnick too like cool. subscribe yeah <laughs> yeah hey man shameless self-promotion buddy that's all the more the more to you yeah um yeah so you started doing that and then did you did you ever get to the point where, and because you're a full time YouTuber, right? Yeah, now, yeah right. Yeah. So you're living a dream. Isn't it an awesome job? Oh, it's like it's it's the best. It's the best, right? It's the best. And you see so many people at, nowadays that are kind of struggling. You know, having that having that job that's like the secure job at a big business is getting to be less and less of a thing. Right. Um, at what point did you realize that you're just? Did you realize okay, I want to be an entrepreneur, or did <sighs> or did you just say? this is what I have to do or what, what was kind of going through your mind when you were like, okay, I have to become a YouTuber. I want to be filming. I was it, I want to take my passion for the outdoors and find a way to monetize it. Or was it the other way around? It was, yeah. Um, it was kind of the other way around. Like I, mm. I always, I always wanted to film content of some sort. I always mm. wanted to be either a videographer, make mm. movies, oh, maybe not quite make movies. It was, it was all, it wasn't whether I wanted to be behind the camera or in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. I always like felt a little uncomfortable in front of the camera. That's something that I grew more comfortable with later. Mm -hmm. um, but I always wanted to like film and create content and edit. 
And I didn't really realize that I had this like knack and love for the outdoors. And mm-hmm. that's where I should have been channeling all my energy towards right. until much later. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of came full circle on my yeah. first video on YouTube, uh, like, I don't know, whatever, 10 years after I had posted it. And there was this whole like span between when I posted that first video on YouTube, like the Miss Nobby video and, you know, my twenties where uh-huh. I kind of like dicked around, you know, worked odd jobs and, and yeah. mostly as an entrepreneur for myself. Um, or with like, you know, I, I did renovations mm-hmm. and, uh, I did a few other jobs, but mostly, um, self-employed mm-hmm. and I always knew that like, that's kind of the direction that I mm-hmm. wanted to, I couldn't work for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you know how that is. Yeah. But. Well, you know, no, I, I joke around saying the reason I got into this is because I just suck at everything else. And I, I don't think I suck at everything else, but I think that there's some truth to that, man. Like mm-hmm. I always, whenever I looked at a, a job or whatever, I'd always work as hard as I could at it but I would never really be so engaged on Mm. it. And like, you know, yeah, I, from my understanding that you had kind of a a bit of a similar path through school where you weren't uh, sort of in line with, you know, the average learning style of most students, No, you know, is that, is that true? Yeah. I mean, in in elementary school, I was, uh, I got kicked out of class all the time because I was (laughs) so hyperactive. And then eventually like I had to like change schools and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, kind of got my shit together in high school to get into university, but I, like, it was never what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I, like, it was pursuing the, u- what'd you go to university for? For, it was like media, it's like glorified media studies degree. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go into like radio and television at Ryerson, but I didn't get into that program. So I went to Western for like this, it's called MIT media information, technoculture. Mm-hmm. It was like, it wasn't hands-on. It was like applied and mm-hmm. it was like, I hated it. I hated mm-hmm. my university no, experience. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, there was good parts. My, my favorite like part was going on. Ex- and shit? Sorry? Though? Didn't you go to some Yeah, I mean, the partying was yeah. fun back yeah. then. And I, I went on exchange in fourth year yeah. to Singapore. And I traveled oh, cool. every weekend because yeah. I made a lot of money the like the summer before when I was working in China. Yeah. Um, so that was that was amazing. And uh, did some like, you know, I climbed Mount Kinabalu and did some yeah. like, a little bit of exploring through did that did that kind of pique your interest and and kind of say okay this is cool i love this traveling i love this kind of adventure related travel how can i do more of this type of stuff yes so i filmed my mount kinabalu video i filmed my mount fiji video and i remember uh, mount kinabalu is the tallest mountain Mm. in southeast asia it's on the the island of borneo on the Malaysian side. Wow. And okay. uh, it's like this massive volcano. If you look at yeah. pictures of it, it's like, it's otherworldly. Wow. Uh, it's like a two day hike. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a mountaineering thing, but it's, mm-hmm. it's cold up there. Mm-hmm. But I filmed, I filmed the experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember afterwards, like talking to the camera, you know, I'm in my like early twenties. I'm talking to the camera. And I'm so nervous. I'm mm-hmm. so nervous. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, nobody's going to want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to care. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Like, and no- you're just talking to the camera. There's nobody on the other side of it yet. Right. And, right? and I'm mm-hmm. just like, nobody cares. Like you're an mm-hmm. idiot. Do you think you can do this? Like, and mm-hmm. I'm just having all these self self doubts. And this mm-hmm. is like, this is concurrent. Like this is reoccurring through my twenties. Right. right. These self doubts. But mm-hmm. I know in the back of my head, I'm like, YouTube is what I want to do. Like I want to, right. like, well, that's like, like I want to do something you know, creatively and video wise. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and by that time it was kind of YouTube was coming more into the forefront as like a career that you could do. Right. And so, you know, I was like, Oh, I, I could do that. That's like kind of the yeah. goal, but like, could I do that? Am yeah. I that person that could uh-huh. pull that off? And then, so sort of second guessing yourself. Oh, huge. Yeah. 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 For so long. And then I kind of yeah. tried some series through my mid twenties 
like yeah. this van trip I did and I just over edited it, never mm-hmm. finished it. And then uh, it wasn't until like, you know, basically my thirties mm-hmm. uh, that Max started taking me. Uh, I started going on camping trips with Max right. again, filming those and one or two of those kind of stuck. And I was like, like I've been, I've been camping through my twenties, but I didn't mm-hmm. film as much of them. And it was like, Oh yeah. Like, like I love Canadian. Like I love, I'm an Ontario boy. Mm-hmm. I love, um, you know, camping. I've been camping my whole life, mm-hmm. like more now, but I've been camping my whole life. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's like a market for it to mm-hmm. watch people's camping trips. Yeah. And so amazing. So I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I had this one video in 2020 that stuck. It was like me and Max took me for my first winter camping experience. And that video got like 10,000 views in a few weeks. And then cool. now it's at yeah. like half a million. Wow. So it was like that video stuck and it was like, okay, like that, this is There's it. something here. This is it. And mm-hmm. then the next year, I, that's when I mm-hmm. full on just like, well, like throughout that year, throughout 2020, I did a whole bunch of mm-hmm. canoe trips and I started watching your content around then. Mm-hmm. There's like one, uh, um, shout out to you in a video where I like fell in the water one morning and I'm like, let's all build a drawing rack. <laughs> the drawing rack. That's <laughs> drawing right. Song. Skip to my duty. Yeah. 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 And then I put like, I love Jim Baird in a little like pop up. That's really, really weird. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm just kidding. You know, I, I was going to say, yeah, so I, when I was on the Yukon, my clothes were soaked and I had this kid's song in my head because my little kid's toy played the Muffin Man like right, on right. repeat for like a month. And so I built this drawing rack and I sang, let's all build the drawing rack. And what can I say? It's It might go platinum. Um, but anyways, it, you know what crazy stat I heard the other day? Now, I don't know if you fall under this category, but... A lot of people that uh, don't have the typical learning style, didn't have the best experience or were hyperactive in school, you know, they have like ADD or ADHD, whatever they call it now. You are 300% more likely to be an entrepreneur if you have ADHD. Really? So eight people with ADHD are 300% more likely to be entrepreneurs than people without ADHD. Oh. And the problem is, just like you're talking about, uh, you you... Uh, you're second guessing yourself. Am I this? Am I really this person? Problem is you have these brilliant people that are some of the people that start the type of people with the minds that start the biggest companies and most successful companies in the world, make positive changes in the world, but also lead the life that's best for them. Unfortunately, have to deal with being reaffirmed that they're not okay and they're different and they're hyperactive and something's wrong with them. And so it's a, it's a hurdle that people with ADHD or, you know, learning disabilities or just don't fit into the typical school environment have to get over yeah right and and that's something that uh, for sure i dealt with you know i was you know learning disabled and all that kind of Mm. stuff too and add and all that and you know i had a a, i was always one of the kids to put my hand up in class but um uh i you know i had to kind of overcome a little bit of of self-doubt through subconsciously thinking that maybe i wasn't really that smart maybe Mm. i'm not really that smart you know what i mean so it sounds like that was a bit of a, a challenge for you you know? Yeah, for sure. You're a yeah. smart guy. You're like, you're a genius. And by yeah. the way, like I, I mentioned to it before and yeah. Jim, you're perfect for this oh, thanks, podcasting. Man. Man. Thanks. Stop, so, stop, yeah. stop. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> no, yeah. it's great. Like, it's like mm-hmm. you, uh, you're going to fit this role perfectly. And, uh, thanks, as soon as man. you told me that you're yeah. starting a podcast, I was yeah. like, yes, that is it. That's perfect. This is it. Yes. This is the one. This is the, this is Baird country. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, uh, I, I definitely, uh, I see for me, it wasn't so much that I thought I was stupid. Mm. I was just that 
potentially uh, other people or just surrounding what is stupid was mm-hmm. just because I was kind of taught, even though I always had my hand up in school, you know what I mean? I was kind of taught that that wasn't really, uh, you know, the, you know, the right way to do things or I was, I was wrong. I was different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a good thing that happened to me because it led me to the career path that it did where if I was, you know, doing things a normal way, I might've ended up doing something I didn't like. Right. You know what I mean, I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just couldn't sit still in school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what they taught was just so uninteresting and mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like a like French class. I mean, not now I wish I spoke French, even though. Oui. I, oui. <laughs> good. It'd be great. It'd be great. Uh, bon. Uh, but yeah, back then it was like, they just didn't seem like, made any sense i i wasn't like special math where like yeah. for like advanced math mm-hmm. but even then i just like i didn't see a oh, point of it yeah nice special math yeah, special so you're, math, num- like, you're a numbers guy kind i of. guess or at Good least at the time and then yeah. uh but yeah i mean it wasn't until like well after that that uh yeah i mean i i just school just wasn't for me and yeah. there's and i'm starting to question whether when i have kids if i want to put them through you know, just public schooling. Maybe allow them to be raised by wolves. That's that what I'm thinking. That would be pretty cool. Because like Romulus and Remus, they, they right. started Rome. They started Rome. And they the were The foundation for all society. Teams. Yeah, right. My Which buddy, apparently men think about multiple times per day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My buddy Clay, he homeschools his kids. And yeah, just cool. the way he does it is just like, it's amazing. Like his one kid is into... Uh, uh, what his one kid is pretty similar to clay and he's like into the outdoors and stuff mm-hmm. and they have this whole like homeschooling program when they teach them like taxes mm-hmm. you know and, like yeah it's like basic like, stuff we should have been learning that, like i don't need to know half the stuff they teach mm-hmm. in public school but and then his yeah. other kids really into like sailboats and engineering stuff so they kind of like folk like they push them into right. their focuses while also teaching them useful skills the downside would be potentially not being able to form friendship groups, social interaction. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure they have ways around that. Yeah. Getting them into sports, extracurricular activities, yeah. you know, these kinds of things. Yeah, no, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Yeah. So when did you? Okay, so you started with this background of more camping, right? Yes. At what point? And then to me, it seems like okay, you got into YouTube as an outdoors guy. Yeah. But you had this awesome background in filmmaking, right? I, I don't know if you would consider an awesome background, but much more. A lot of the people that are like, oh, I want to monetize my outdoor adventures. How am I going to uh, do that? Well, I guess I'm going to have to learn how to use a camera and you just bungle around with it for mm. years until you learn a thing or two. You jumped into it with camera ability. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I imagine that picked up some of the slack where you're saying, oh, I'm kind of learning as I go along. Your ability to create a great film maybe uh, you know, uh, made up for the fact that you might not have been, you know, Adam Schultz or, right. you know, one of these guys that are these canoe tripping savants. Right. Know? Yeah. Well, I, I picked apart some YouTube mm-hmm. like content creators out there as to like how they filmed. And, uh, yeah. And <laughs> I just kind of like emulated some of my, f- you know, of not necessarily just outdoor people, but just like content creators. Yeah. And I came from a, like, I was always passionate about photography before I even got into video. Mm-hmm. So uh, just like framing, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, they're very, they're the same, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. And then just like the way I would tell a story would be, I mean, there's basic, you know, you can look up on YouTube how to tell a story. And it's yeah. basically like, we're going to do this. And then you show mm-hmm. you're doing this. And this is what I learned, you know, very mm-hmm. basic format. 
And then it's uh, X was trying. No, so and so was trying to get to X, and Y got in the way. Right, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. No. The word story <laughs> gets thrown around so much, right. but nobody ever gives a definition of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know? Like, like good way is like uh, metaphors or uh, what's that? You know, what's that like? What was that like? Or give me an example. You know what I mean? If right. somebody's t- talking about a facts and figures and you say, oh, give me an example. Well, that's where the story lies, mm. you know, but I think that's a, that's a, a word that gets thrown around a lot. Tell stories, you know, marketing, everything, but mm. nobody really knows exactly what that means. You right. know? Yeah. Who My knows? opinion. Yeah. You know? I don't even know what it means. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still winging this thing. I can't thing. even spell story. Yeah. You know? S C O R. Yeah. Cool. So I'm seeing, now I'm seeing this, this, uh, like survival stuff dude like you're right. you're getting out there and you know you're a humble guy you're gonna be like oh no i'm not, not really on alone and all this boo 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 you know which is you know obviously true yeah but compared to the vast vast majority of people you're doing some pretty badass survival shit out there and you're filming it too at what point were you like okay i like camping i like to film my camping trips and then you know you film the missinabi that's you know expeditionary kind of trip that's that's getting there mm. pretty awesome yeah, remote yeah. area at what point were you like okay i'm gonna go out there and like not bring matches and sleep without a tent and do more survival based adventures I don't know what the turning point was. Um, I don't. I think that people just started commenting on my videos, thinking they were survival type videos. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what would that be like? Like, or what would it be like to, you know, not bring a sleeping bag? And mm-hmm. you know, you see other content creators out there doing it. And it's mm-hmm. like that's interesting. I wonder what that would be like. And you also see a lot of content creators out there. It's like, did they really do that? Mm-hmm. And what would it be like to actually do that? And then, and then each time you just kind of like step it up. It's like, oh, I'll just go out with out of sleeping bag and you know positives see how that feels and then oh maybe next time i won't bring you know matches or or a lighter mm-hmm. and see how that works out so you wanted to try to sort of test yourself it sounds like yeah and it's it's all mm-hmm. for like fun and for like you know content creating like a good video to, to while at it what's like captivating what's gonna like what's intriguing what what are people you know what's like that child fantasy that like a lot mm-hmm. of us have you know mm-hmm. what's like that you know the what 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 would it be like if you're in a survival situation? A lot of could I hack it as Huck Finn? Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of, of us as kids, like think those things. Like, oh, it'd be so cool to be mm. in that situation. You know, like as like horrifyingly scary as it would be. Mm-hmm. At least I had these thoughts. Like, like what would it be like to be, you know, uh, Robinson Crusoe? Right. You know, just like on an island, or mm-hmm. you know, with only like a certain amount of supplies, mm-hmm. and and there's like a fantasy behind that that a lot of people want to uh you know be a part of an experience and so yeah to be able to push those things and also teach people while you're at it is kind of um, yeah i don't know it feels good and well it kind of sucks doesn't feel good when you're in it but uh is there a lot of type two fun with this sort of stuff it's all type two fun but that's the only type of fun nowadays (laughs) for me nice nice how does it feel afterwards like compare okay so go into the woods for a couple nights bring a tent bring all your food and sort of you know you don't have to be glamping but a typical kind of camping trip sort of backcountry-ish how do you feel after that compared to going into the woods when it's minus 20 with a sleeping bag no tarp and trying to sleep in between two campfires so that you get you know, one side of you doesn't freeze what's well, the difference between a story and, and not a story mm-hmm. you know the one is like oh it was wonderful 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sun was out. It was comfortable. Mm-hmm. We ate nice food. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, great. Oh, man, I was freezing my balls off as, right. <laughs> as, as it was raining. And I was trying to, yeah. you know, struggle through to make these fires. Yeah. And everything was wet. And yeah. it was cold as heck. Like, oh, it's like one's like exciting, you know. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, you're like, ah, get me mm-hmm. out of here. And the other one is yeah this is nice so and then and then when you're done yeah when you're done the crappy freezing Uh, cold mm -hmm. uncomfortable experiences and you got to go to your bed Mm -hmm. at home and you gotta eat that food like that takeout on the way home or whatever and you gotta you know have a nice warm shower right it's like then it's like okay yeah that's why i do that yeah it just makes you respect and appreciate all that stuff way more good good so you like so you're, you're talking about stories what's a better story i think personally that maybe this and this is just my guess is that as much as you like telling stories to your audience and you're going to do these things because it makes a good video i feel like you like making your own stories is this is this is there some sort of level of passion behind doing these survival things beyond just making a good youtube video well i mean you can be honest if the answer is yes no whatever i okay I think it's kind of fun to just like accumulate skills and there's right. no better way to accumulate them than by trying. Mm-hmm. I read some, I read a little bit and mm-hmm. I'll like watch content out there on, on yeah. people doing these skills, but you don't really, you don't really take things in and learn mm-hmm. them until you actually like do them. Right. When I was doing renovation, I used to like, I was self, I was self-employed as like a, you know, uh, contractor for a while. And, and, I worked for this guy doing hardwood floors for about two weeks mm-hmm. and then he fired me and I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And I just went off and did it on my own, learned everything mm-hmm. that I needed to while doing it. I just like right. sold a job and said, I'm going to renovate your kitchen. Here's the dream. Right. Right. And then I just kind of like figured it out as I nice. went. Nice. I didn't like, I read books as I was doing it, looked up YouTube tutorials and stuff, but it wasn't until like I threw myself in there mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, you learn on the job. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get better at anything, it's like, you just, just do it. Don't think about it too much. Just go mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, it's the same thing with these survival videos. If you mm-hmm. want to learn skills, mm-hmm. you just throw yourself into the shit mm-hmm. and then, you know. Did it take you a while to be able, because what you're explaining is, put yourself in a way higher stressful state than most people are willing to deal with who need, who think they need to plan and calculate and do all this work and maybe are a little bit on the perfectionist side and they're too scared to kind of jump and grow wings on the way down, you know? Well, you don't want to, there's like flow states, mm-hmm. right? Where you're kind of like pushing the boundary of what, mm-hmm. you know, you're comfortable with where you're not exceeding that, and you're like at a high level of stress. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not like, I'm not, mm, I don't think I throw mm-hmm. myself so far in the deep end that I'm like in a panic. And mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think incrementally, I'm just pushing myself a little bit more each time. Cool. Yeah. And so I you love brain. learning. You love learning. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. agree with you more on that. Like getting out there. It, it's, it's also really good to get out there and do these kind of survival type trips then you come back and read in a survival book what you just went out there and figured out on your own. Has yeah. that ever happened to you before? Oh man, I just yeah. came up with this like cool new like sawhorse idea where mm-hmm. I like used three different four knots and like tied it tied a tied an arm against a tree to like mm-hmm. saw wood more effectively. I did this on this last trip. I'm like, I wonder if that's in a bushcraft book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I had yeah. to improvise while out there. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm like, I don't know if I came up with somebody else out there has come up with this, but like I 
discovering it independently mm-hmm. is like so satisfying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Compared to when you just like, you know, somebody else's idea. Right, right, yeah, which is which is fine too. I also like learning stuff from people like like you know you that go out there like just just gear tips. You know your zip off long johns that you had, freaking genius. Get up in the morning, it's like minus five. You need your long johns. Then before you jump in the canoe, you got to take them off because it's hot out, and right. you don't want to pull off. Every, you know, just little stuff like that that you 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 learn from other people is is always interesting because there's a never ending amount of stuff to know if you take every genre of the outdoors yeah you know what i mean at what point uh, does anybody know everything i don't think so no it's like i oh like collabing with other youtubers is uh it's only so beneficial for like you know growth of your mm. channel and whatever but to like hang out with other people mm. is like you just learn so much like hanging out with you and mm. ted like on our trips together it's just the you guys are such a mm. you know wealth of information that's funny because we just like I guess because we don't hang out with anybody and you, you you've probably seen this too is that you just kind of are doing it and you don't realize that you've built stuff and then so you don't really think and that's probably why you know you get imposter syndrome as as you get bigger or better and, and learn more and more about a thing mm. but yeah I remember being having a friend from the city here and I'm like let's light a fire and I'm just like oh, light a fire is like whoa how'd you like that and i'm like okay let's go down the river and fish and i'm jumping from like rock to rock and i'm like stop poison ivy and he's like whoa he's like how did you see that and then i'm I'm like yeah i just walk around you know i feel like i can just sense it like it's in my mind the poison then i walk down a bit and he's fishing there and then i say oh come fish over here and he looks at he's like whoa you know what's this weird thing i'm like before i knew where he was standing I, and I just didn't even look. I'm like, oh, that's just the shell from a, a dragonfly larva stuck to the rocks. It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. dead because they, they stick to the rock and the fly. You know, he's like, how did you know that, bro? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I just know that he's like weirded out by I know exactly where he is, right. exactly what it is. And he's like so blown away. And I'm like, huh, maybe I actually do know a thing or right. two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I feel like, too, just uh, going out with you and Max, who have a lot of shooting background like i started trying to shoot in 4k i know sean did it some other guys that get out there and do stuff with but you're like all 4k i'm like all right i'm gonna try this 4k thing yeah, and you too. upgrade your camera too Thank i upgrade yeah, yeah well because yeah, yeah. i smashed my night i remember it was it wasn't doing me good and then i smashed camera. your new camera <laughs> and then you smashed my new camera <laughs> And then I smashed my XA30 Canon. There's been a few can. There's been yeah. there's a pile. There's a pile of smashed cameras that were thousands and thousands of dollars at one point. So I'm happy you got that resolved. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know I did. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, no, can we thanks just? Play, you need a puppy cam, by the way. Yeah, yeah. North is uh, lying on the couch. He's actually not allowed on the couch, but he's just taking advantage of uh, of me. You know, he's just going to cover it with, he's just going to absolutely cover it with dog fur. You know what I mean? Yeah. I pet him earlier and he's just like, absolutely. Just like, I know. I don't know. Thick and knotted. And it's just like weaved itself into my clothing. Now it's like a part of my clothing. (laughs) It's actually my skin now. (laughs) Somehow it just gets like under the fibers and stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, He's a good dog. He's, he's loving the winter. He just doesn't want to. Well, I mean, he's chosen to sleep outside. He's allowed to go inside, but he just wants to be outside all the time. Like, you know, below minus 15 is kind of a little cold for him to, Mm. you know, to lie outside and love it all the time. But yeah, he's a husky, man. That's what they're built for. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he's a good dog for sure, man. Back to like the, it's just like each time we go out, it's like, oh, you pick up one more thing. Mm -hmm. Like each day, it's like you might learn two things, but Mm -hmm. you're out there for 10 days, you're learning 20 new things. Yeah. You know, you do 20 trips a year, you're learning 20 times 20. (laughs) Right. 
Because right. I'm supposed to be good at math, 400. Yeah. It's like, that's like, you're just accumulating all this little information. Then when you hang out with somebody else, like yeah. when I hang out with you, who's been out there for, you know, 20, 30 years, it's like, I'm yeah. like picking up stuff from you. I'm learning these little tips and tricks. Yeah. It's like, I did this little sawhorse thing that I use in my next video. It's like, yeah. I did four knots on it. Like a square lashing, square knot, uh, clove hitch, and then a trucker's hitch, mm. right? And I like I put those all together, and I made this really solid thing to saw off a tree, just using a sapling and like a, a stick. Made my life like made sawing out in the woods like four times as easy, like and more way more ergonomic. Cool. Were you using the silky? Uh, yeah, the silky. Yeah, you gotta do the silky saw. You kind of gotta do something like that. Yeah. Right? Oh, exactly. It's so large, yeah, right? Yeah. And it just you need to be in the right position. It's hard to just get into any weird angle. Exactly. And saw. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it's just like you know somebody mm. might be able to learn one of those knots at a time. But once mm. you accumulate enough knowledge, it's like you can just do crazy kooky things. Yeah. And knots yeah. take some time. Yeah. I forget you showed me a couple uh, knots that I've been. What's the one you showed me? The Venkich. The Venk hitch, yeah. Do you use yeah. it? Can you yeah, use I it? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I've been. I think I've practiced. That's that. a good one. That's my favorite. Yeah, they all take practice and time to learn too. It's just, hard to just bang it off your first time, right? You just got to find a lamppost and just do yeah. it a hundred times, right? Yeah, right. So after we did, so after me, you, Max, and Ted all soloed the lower magneto on. Yeah, yeah. Had an awesome trip. You and Max headed off to the Petawawa, which is arguably. Uh, equally if not more beautiful than the magneto oh yeah so you know beautiful. it's such it maybe maybe not as hard in the white water though there are some crazy rapids on it yeah. but i was like these guys are now soloing rollway rapid yeah so like that's a scary piece of water so rollway's a 800 meter class three four they call it because there's one drop yeah. that's uh that's a, a a class four at the end and it's kind of class two but you oh. got to hit it right you okay. know yeah, so some people call it 300 meter class three, four, man. And I'm just like, you guys obviously must have learned something from me we, because you went out there and you can solo the rollway rapid. I was impressed. We went at like the right time. It was yeah. not too high of water, not too low of water. Yeah. Too yeah. low, it would have been too bouldery, too high. Right. It would just been raging. So we right. kind of got it right in the middle. And uh, my, my canoe filled up with water mm -hmm. and uh, we got through it. But it's definitely one that's good to do solo. Yeah, the, yeah. I kind of yeah. think I prefer. I, then again, it's I've easier. never. You just tandem. don't take in nearly as much water, right? You know, you just can't. You know, make yeah. aggressive turns or whatever. Yeah, I just like yeah. to point the boat downstream and just like right. pray. Yeah, well, when you're paddling tandem with a person in your bow, you just knife through the water where solo you float up over mm -hmm. the waves. Yeah, so you don't take in as much water. Ted and I actually in lower water paddled rollway and we missed the tongue and dumped on the on the ledge at the end oh no yeah that's we made it down the whole thing and without swamping or anything i think we might have had a spray deck on though but we dumped at the end so we didn't make it you know and uh but i just remember and then i did it another time in a big in a 17 foot prospector and i kind of cheated down the side then that was an open boat and i cheated it uh down the side and kind of caught all the eddies and then nice. hit the thing and eddied out and i remember at that point i'm like oh man like well, the first time seeing this, I was like, that, you got to be super good. Because I didn't really get into whitewater till I was in my early 20s, like maybe like 22. Okay. Yeah. What about you? It's like 30s, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah like yeah. my first whitewater was, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, tw 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've only been doing okay. it for like four years now. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're doing yeah. pretty freaking good, dude. I think so much of it, would you speak, What? what is it? Is it just... Obviously, the skills bracing, right? That's the thing that people don't learn so mm. much is, is trusting that weight over your paddle as opposed yeah. to in the canoe. Yeah. Essentially using your body like an outrigger. Right. Uh, but uh, 
what else do you think is is a key uh, a key thing when it comes to being able to have the confidence to just take your canoe, a tippy canoe, down raging whitewater rapids? I feel like spilling the first time kind of gave me a little bit yeah. more confidence. It's like okay, like I can recover from this. Mm-hmm. Learning a few of the paddle strokes, like cross paddle yeah. draw, <laughs> and just like playing in the rapids, expecting the swill, expecting the spill. Yeah, is like just so key yeah because otherwise you're just like i don't know you might not like take the not necessarily the risk you might not go for certain rapids if you don't know what it's going to be like if you spill right or uh succeed or if you don't have to use Mm -hmm. certain paddle strokes in the moment Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like, you know, going on different river trips. Like, I think, I think the Spanish is like a really good one to like learn nice. on. Nice. You've done that one? Yeah. That was, I think that was my first, that was my first whitewater trip. Mm-hmm. And it's like class one, class two. Right. And that was my first solo trip either mm-hmm. as well, like in a solo boat. And that's actually, I, I picked up my canoe patches. Uh, nice. At that, that outfitter for like 300 nice. bucks. Yeah. Still going strong. Do you just ever just call it patch just for short? Uh, just like when we're just kicking at me on okay, the boat. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice buddy. Yeah. I think for me too, it's just, you know, beyond necessarily paddling maneuvers and skill, it's just like knowing what's runnable and what's not runnable Yeah. too. That's, you know, when you just start, you're sometimes wildly off base when it comes to what's runnable and not, well, at least I was, and I've seen some other people, Oh yeah, we could run this. I'm like, what and then you know what i mean you probably get that you're portaging a waterfall and people in the comments are like why don't you just run it you pussy and you're like yeah. you would die like yeah. people just don't get it no it's a, you it, know it doesn't translate well to video yeah. you watch like gopros are excellent for white water yeah. and they're excellent for biking videos and right. people can sit there and watch mountain biking videos all day because yeah. you can see the lines these people are taking right. you can read like what they're doing right when you're watching somebody in white water unless you're like a whitewater guy and yeah. you're into that field it's like you you don't like the average person doesn't see and all the and big moments happen so fast that's why still photos look way crazier in whitewater than a video mm, right because you're capturing that moment where they're and the waves coming in the canoes like this but in a video it just happens in a split second you don't really get a chance to see what just happened right slow-mo is good yeah for, for sure. it you know slow-mo can work well for the whitewater and also just running insane shit is what you have to end up doing yeah i see in some pictures yeah. of you running some insane <laughs> like, oh my god jim what the yeah well sometimes i remember i ran the dam there and it didn't even look that hard though right like everybody's like oh my god this guy's crazy and then it was like okay i probably could have done that i want to run that next time yeah Yeah. you just gotta hit the right spot right you gotta hit it right yeah right where the the, yeah the the spillover dam is kind of eroded away at a certain point and that's where the tongue comes out right where it's like eroded away in the groove yeah right right by the danger sign the big red danger sign next to the blood stain and the bones Uh, yeah after you pass the do not enter (laughs) floats and the and the cottager who's telling you you're gonna die the old man who's just like turn back you will die danger (laughs) yeah there's literally a dude did that (laughs) told me that he pulled bodies out of there and all kinds of shit and i just went i paddled past him and ran the dam and you know it's just makes it makes it a story we're talking about story being the hero you know x wants to do y and j gets in the way or whatever you know what i mean that's like you know too bad i didn't capture that because it was fun yeah it was probably like pre-cameras right when you started you were just like i had pen and paper when you started yeah well yeah no i we we actually uh we just use smoke signals Um, (laughs) just kidding (laughs) yeah no i i didn't i didn't uh like yeah youtube wasn't even a thing right so um when i really started um so i didn't know 
how I could kind of get into it because it didn't exist. Right, yeah. You know, I started doing stuff for magazines, right? And uh, I ended up kind of hanging on to my own content eventually and doing YouTube, which is like much better than kind of selling my content before I even made it. You're right. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is, it was a struggle before, but I still like to, I still like to write. You you don't do any like outdoor writing and stuff like that. Do oh, you? I'm, uh, I'm completely dyslexic and, okay. and inept at writing. Well, that's sort. what they're spell check for. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. 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 All right. I, I look back at my journal entries and I'm just like, Oh God, what the, yeah. <laughs> is that a P or noise. a Q? Yeah. <laughs> I give up. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but, uh, yeah, yeah. it's impressive. Me and my brother, we talked yeah. about like how you've kind of like hustled your way into this industry and you've been doing it for, mm-hmm. I don't know, 10, 10, 15 years, 10 years. Uh, uh, you know, I've been full time for about eight years now. Uh, my first expedition was uh, expeditionary trip was 2005 and then 2008, I got my first sponsors, wrote my first article, and that's probably like 2009, 2010, where I got that gig at Field and Stream where they sent me on all these like crazy adventures and started teaching me how to film when the magazines were getting into filming. Yeah, that's You know, so which cool. was kind of a gong show, but that was just like, I just cold called them in New York City. Yeah. Two Park Avenue, I was in New York City and cold called the editor-in-chief. Next thing you know, I'm sitting there with him and I, I pass him this story I wrote and this CD or DVD with a bunch of crazy pictures of wolves following me and shit like that. And he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You're going to be a star. Yeah, we need this guy. Yeah, yeah. It didn't really work out yeah, because it was like the budget was like out of control. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. That's incredible, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, yeah. It was a pretty good freaking experience, you know? But uh, yeah, then it got, it wasn't until I, uh, I started going full time, wasn't until I was on a loan that stuff really took off. And uh, I see your stuff is sort of would the alone type person would be interested in that. Well, I, oh, you know? okay. I did a, cause it is survival and you are alone in a lot of your videos. And, and I know you do the canoe expedition videos, but some of them, when you're out there, man, you, you know, it looks pretty challenging. You're not bringing food, you know? Well, I have taken those notes from alone. Like I did right. a survival course with Kylan who was on season seven mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she just basically was like the first person to take me out without like with limited food rations and limited mm-hmm. gear. And I just like hung out with her for a week and a bit. And she mm-hmm. just taught me because she's like, so knowledgeable. Right. She's just like you. She's just like filled yeah. with all this information. Yeah. yeah she's, and she's kind of a badass, such a badass yeah, and yeah. spending time with her. It's like, you just gain like, Oh, like you learn a few mushrooms, mm-hmm. you learn a few berries, you learn how to feel hungry. You learn how to do certain skills. And then it's just like, I just take that info and just turn it into my own experience. Like mm-hmm. do, do my own experience. I gave her a massive shout out at the end of that video that I did. Nice. I, I do uh, those videos yearly now, but it's yeah. like an alone type experience, but it's like, for myself like right. i've been asked to go on the show alone mm-hmm. and i don't think i i'm not interested in the the money doesn't isn't oh, okay money's nice but that amount of money it's like i wouldn't do it for the money i wouldn't do it for the uh the recognition or for like the popular mm-hmm. like to to gain fan base mm-hmm. i would do it for like the experience itself right but uh, there's a chance that I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and I yeah. feel like doing, taking time to go on a loan might take too much out of, mm-hmm. you know, my, my hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I mean, that could be very true. Uh, Cause sometimes television doesn't transfer. Like you don't necessarily get a whole bunch of subscribers, especially if you're not posting videos while you're away. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, one thing I've noticed and uh, sitting, getting a chance to sit down with Wyatt Black from season 10, right. who is a runner up, did extremely well. Um, but as a kind of guy that it really wasn't about the money for him. I think that, people that go out, even though they push themselves 
and they don't win, they still feel amazing about the experience. But people who are like, oh, I got to do this for the money when they don't win, they're kind of like right, devastated. Right, right. You know yeah, what I that mean? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I went out there when, when me and Ted pulled off season four, you know, I went out there definitely not full of myself, definitely not thinking, oh, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to win sort of thing. I was, I took it very seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing, if you're going to do it, would you just do it and be like, oh, I'll hang out for a couple of days and pull the ripcord. You'd want to really give her and is that's a big commitment, man. Yeah. Well, that's, what, that's the only way I would do it. It yeah. was like, I'm, I just want to push myself to see how far I can get, mm-hmm. you know, my fear would be well, a few things, but the main ones would be like, Oh, there's like messing up my body. Right. You know, just like, which is I, a very real possibility. I did five days without food and I ate yeah. like, I got like, five massive fish mm-hmm. you know and i was eating tons of berries i still lost like eight pounds right you know in five days yeah my, my metabolism was fairly quick so i'd have to like gain weight for that you know and then and then i'd be out for x amount of time mm-hmm. not creating youtube content which is you know pretty good mm-hmm. lifestyle for me and then the other one what happens if i poop my pants step in the poop you know fall down a, fall down a hill break my leg embarrass myself right. on tv right you know, right that's and then everybody's like hey look at the the poop, poop, and you poop can't pants. edit. You can't edit it. Can't and edit then that after out. that, everybody, you're just known as Poopy Pants Sander forever. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Nobody want. wants that. <laughs> no, yeah, especially yeah. me. Somebody yeah. out there wants that. Well, they want my you, downfall. You know they're gonna take stuff like that and play it up and too, blow right? it up. Yeah, Next time it. on alone, Sander shits himself. <laughs> what a loser! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I like. I mean, even oh no. Being, they're going to use, they have so much footage. They're going to use whatever's the most engaging. So maybe sometimes exactly. they wouldn't, but yeah, you know. I guess um, you could go I, into the camera and edit that out. You, right? you, that's true, yeah. but they don't, they tell you not to do that. Yeah, but one if, time uh, I edited out just a trail cam that was just pointed right at my dick. <laughs> and I was just, because they set up trail, you set up trail cams outside of your shelter. And I go out there and I'm just having a leak and I look and the tra- this is like a literally three minute shot of my pecker. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking deleting this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like cold, yeah. wet, and you're like, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're not looking my, very impressive. Right. If I was like impressive, yeah, I would have yeah, been like, okay, yeah. let's call in. Yeah, keep that one in there. Great <laughs> shot I got, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know the feeling. You're like, make sure all the ladies st- see this one. <laughs> you're starving. Yeah. You're, you're like dying up there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I don't blame you, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you see? Is there any other, uh, big trips that you'd want to do? Like, do you like the idea of doing like uh, the sort of the shorter survival type trips or would you ever kind of aspire to do like a, you know, a two week kind of expeditionary trip in the Yukon or something like that? Yeah. That's something I want to pick your brain about whether Mm -hmm. on here or off air, but it's, uh, yeah, I've been dreaming of the Yukon Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've been doing, been dabbling into solar river trips, like pretty light stuff. Like I'm not running class three massive things with my spray deck you know with a big like oh shots while i'm solo like yeah the yukon yeah. uh but the the thought of being like really remote catching yeah. some you know beautiful trout or yeah. or, or uh white fish mm-hmm. or uh climbing a mountain climbing a mountain yeah your last life is pretty awesome. usually pretty like more substantial you see more having a reason to carry around a shotgun right right yeah, right Right. So you can feel cool. Feel cool. Especially if you don't have a never mind. Just, you know, makes up for um it's yeah, especially alone. You don't always need to. Like Adam Schultz never carried a gun. Most even of the time. even in Grizzlies? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Just because he needed to travel so light and travel so far. Some people thought he was crazy for it, but you know, <laughs> you don't really for the most part need one. Yeah. I mean, your odds are pretty low. 
Um, I like to take one for just because it's cool. And also it's a good survival item if I need it. And also, you know, it makes my wife uh, uh, feel better that I'm safer out there because, you know, you might get eaten by a cougar or a grizzly. It's it's not impossible, right? Yeah. So I do bring one. But for, for the most part, it's not a mandatory thing, you know? No, for sure. I yeah. mean, like, uh, I mean, bears, I would use bear spray first, but right. say... you do encounter like a grizzly bear like you hear that story about that couple yeah right and their can of of spray was complete like donezo Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. what's your next line of defense after that you're screwed pretty much yeah Yeah. i always think like maybe i can use my hatchet but like yeah i I mean you could work work on some jujitsu before you head out maybe you know figure four dead uh hold and just choke it out like stuff like that yeah i mean realistically yeah you might want to try like an arm bar you know yeah, play dead, climb yeah. a tree. Have you ever seen a bear climb a tree? They get up there quick. They do. Grizzlies don't really, though. No, is so that right? that's good. Yeah. yeah, so that's also nice. But in polar bear country, there are no trees. I so know, I'm heading up there. For the most part. Oh, yeah, where are you going? Nunavut. Oh, that's right. Two yeah, times yeah, this year, yeah. potentially. Oh, no kidding. What's what's the... What, tell, tell me about uh, it. Well, you kind of helped us pick out mm-hmm. this plan. Oh, my brother had this concept in his head, too, but you guys mm-hmm. kind of both had it independently. It was driving mm-hmm. to Quebec into one of the islands of Nunavut. Yeah, so for, uh, so essentially the islands in James and Hudson Bay yeah. that are just off the shore of Quebec and Ontario yeah. are in Nunavut. the territory of Nunavut. Yeah, cool. so yeah. doing that. And then I'm um, flying to Iqaluit for 10 days. To, oh, yeah. Anyway, the guy I met, uh, his name is... Mm, uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that an Inuktitut name? <laughs> Why am I blanking? Yeah. It's been a long, sleepless night. Oh, yeah. I a well, you just got back off a trip. I uh, yeah. Mike, why, why am I forgetting yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Stat- <laughs> st- statistics. Nobody's interested in this kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. I, uh, so I met a, so this guy, he reached out to me on Instagram and uh, he just invited me up to Iqaluit and we're going to be filming some content. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing like snowshoeing and dog sledding oh, nice. and uh, seal hunting perhaps, you know, oh, yeah. club a baby seal, Yeah, you know, yeah. take its pelt. Right, sell you know, it. Sell the stuff Whip that the, the internet in the loves. Garbage, just right? kidding. <laughs> yeah. Get rid yeah. of it. No, keep no. the pelt. Baby yeah. seal uh, does like taste yummy, though. I've never eaten seal, but I've heard it. It tastes pretty good. And seal in general is really? one of the abundant. Yeah, it was like a very abundant food uh, in the Arctic. Super high in fat. Super high in omega three and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, it's definitely something that you know you can you can go out there and 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 kill and eat i don't know if it's uh if you'd need to hunt them if you'd have to be if it's a guided hunt well, like I'd most go, people i'd go with with like, a other yeah, guy who's yeah, hunting yeah. Just, them yeah it wouldn't be me like just going mm-hmm. out there and, uh, mm-hmm. i don't even mind like i don't need to kill anything like mm-hmm. i've never really... eaten seal before i can't imagine it would be like blow my mind but, <laughs> no, but yeah. just say i'd eat i'd eat try everything as long as somebody's like hey yeah. that's good to eat yeah. Unless it was yeah. like, you know, there's, I wouldn't eat anything. I kind of like a lot of different kinds of food. Like I've eaten some, some interesting stuff in, in yeah. up in uh, Nunavut and in Inuit country before. Yeah, I'm but sure. seal's not one of them, but I'd give it a shot. What you have know? you eaten up there? Like caribou? Oh yeah. Well, raw frozen caribou multiple times. Like eaten, frozen? Frozen. You just yeah. like warm it up in your mouth? Like No, and- you just eat it while it's froze and just chew it frozen, you oh, know? Okay. And then there's a, another one was, uh, you know, uh, muktuk, which is raw whale skin i've also eaten raw porpoise skin when the guy was like cleaning up a porpoise in, in labrador uh polar bear freaking you know you polar bear mu- yeah muskox wow 
you know um, it's like one of those chinese rem- like medicines where it's, it's like very it's very rich it's very rich polar bear gives you strength yeah. Gives, yeah. makes you yeah. strong yeah yeah yeah, yeah makes right. you powerful yeah yeah well right. exactly, you know when in rome do what the romans do right yeah and of so, course you well, know, they 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 hunt them and, and they eat them so yeah uh fermented caribou stomach even Stuff like that. It and gets you drunk? Or- no, not at all. It just, it's just, they serve it with some raw caribou and they kind of roll it up and it just tastes kind of like blue cheese. It's actually really good. Mm. Yeah, it's all, it's all it. good. It's yeah. Delicious. Yeah. It's all, it's all pretty good stuff. Uh, dunyuk is the other one, which is dunyuk. just raw dunyuk, which cool. is just uh, raw fat off of a caribou, you know? Delicious. It's very waxy. It's actually not. You, if you rend it, it's, it's not particularly delicious, uh, okay. but some people love it. <laughs> yeah, but you, you get a chance to eat all these country foods up there. It should be pretty fun. And Baffinine is beautiful, too. Yeah, it looks gorgeous, you man. Know? Well, I, I would love to go to uh, the peninsula, the the National Park there, but that's yeah. kind of for a future. Yeah. yeah, that's like a, that, like Seamount Thor and all yeah. those. Ma- like That yeah. place looks insane, but that's yeah. for a different trip. So one of the, one of the videos that I saw... Uh, that was really cool is the one I think you met up with Clay Hayes, who was mm. one season eight of Alone, I right, think. Yeah. And uh, you made a self bow out of a single piece of wood. Yeah. Um, first of all, that's something I've like tried to do and right. just kind of failed or just never followed through. But it's always been a, a thing on my mind that uh, is neat ever since I was a kid, but have never done it. What was that like? It was amazing, man. And like yeah. Clay like sat with me for like three days and like mm. held my hand as he helped me build a bow. So like, you built it with one hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One hand in Clay's hand. Yeah. No, he was like, that, that whole experience was so badass. Like yeah. Clay, Clay reached out to me, which is like, he's like one of those guys, like, uh, like after he won that season of Alone, I watched the whole thing. Hmm. I thought to myself, I'm like, if I ever go hunting with anybody, it's like, I would love to go hunting with somebody like that. Yeah. Like, or like Clay Hayes. Right. Yeah. And then you like, learn so much, so much. I, and I commented yeah. on the video where like, he like met up with his wife again on YouTube. And it was like this, and I was like, congrats, man. Like, mm-hmm. like I loved watching you. He reaches out to me like later, like a nice. few months later. He's like, Hey man, you want to come down to like Idaho and go for a hunting trip? I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like Clay Hayes is reaching out to me. Like yeah. who the fuck am I? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did reach out to me, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know." And he probably just gave up on me and called some other Canadian you guys should YouTuber. Meet up. You should have him down here. Yeah, I should. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell yeah. him you're, uh, you're, yeah. you're an okay guy. So you filmed. <laughs> thank you. So you filmed uh, the 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 hunt out in Idaho with him. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, okay. So we filmed a a, a hog hunt, um, like a bow hog hunt in Florida. Was, uh, that was in like yeah the southeast. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that was pretty interesting. That was like mm. one of my first hunts. Then he had me up to Idaho to build that bow. And mm. like that whole bow building yeah. experience was pretty yeah. dang cool. Yeah. Like the guy's like, the, that guy just like, he puts all his like, he puts everything he has into like learning something new. Mm-hmm. And he's got this like knack for like, you know, he's he's so skilled. Right. And he's so good at learning. And he's so like passionate about like doing things and doing them well. He has like this truck that he has at home. Like it's like a Dodge Ram that he like extended the cab on it and converted it to be like to run on like French fry oil. Wow. You know, he's like that kind of guy. He's just like, he's like a, like, um, he's like an engineer of like, you know, the woods. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's so, he's so intelligent and, and handy. And he's like, uh, so like, so cool to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to bow building, he's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody else doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like there, like now I've seen a few other guys on the internet do that, but like he started doing it back in the day when like, you know, there's before maybe, it was cool before it was cool before it was like on the internet. Now mm-hmm. people can pick up these things like 
fairly relatively easily but then back then quicker way quicker yeah yeah but back then it's like he had to you know break a thousand bows and then he invites me down he's like hey you want to like let's build a bow mm-hmm. actually it was my idea i'm like can we build a bow and uh he sat with me for three days mm-hmm. helped me build a bow and did he say that he's broken a thousand bows no but he must have figuratively speaking i'm sure yeah yeah that's yeah. got to be devastating after doing so much work and it's just snapping mm. after whittling one and all that i mean how many would you give up on <laughs> yeah would you give up? Like, give up once and never again. well it didn't work buying at the store yeah <laughs> yeah compound bow yeah and now we got this amazing osage bow with all these like mm. gnarly like oh so it's like a bit of a character bow oh, would you call it's it it's incredible it's like uh-huh. I use it for like LARPing all the time when I go meet up with my uh, my my wizard friend and my paladin buddy mm. and my uh, gnome friend down at the park and we foam mm-hmm. up our all our uh, all our weaponry and go go at each mm-hmm. other. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, <laughs> are you serious? Of course. Okay. Are you going to get into LARPing YouTube videos? <laughs> what is LARPing, anyways? It's just you dressing like a, up like Gandalf and shit. Yeah, I think it's like fighting. It's like. I, I have never done it, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for anybody expressing themselves in any way and having fun. I mean, like that's what life's about, like just enjoying mm-hmm. yourself. You know what looks fun is like those medieval sword fights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's just a good way for these guys to just get out like the nerd rage. You know what I mean? It's like who wants like a concussion? Have you seen them like bash each other's heads? In yeah, it's like they're swords. not playing around. No, they're, they're like, like really seriously hurting each other. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like ridiculously fun though. Doesn't it looks like it? fun, but it's, it's just like, like what you want to do as a kid. But yeah, yeah now yeah, it's like it full. They're like concussed, and that's right. not cool. Yeah, yeah. That's got I like jujitsu is fun. Brazilian mm. jujitsu is fun because it's like you can go all out without mm. like actually getting brain damage. But if you start boxing at a full, you know, full tilt, it's like you kind of run the risk of like hurting right. your brain a little. And then it's like, it's like I mean, is it that fun that maybe I'm a little bit slower and I can't function as well a bit in the future and not worth it no it's fun to watch though yeah it's to, to fantasize about too you know yeah so you you have trained in some jiu-jitsu i was doing brazilian 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 yeah <laughs> doing a brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah. uh, a few years ago cool yeah, how fun. long did you do that for yeah like a year yeah like maybe not even it was a lot of fun right so you're already prepped for bear bear country yeah. bear country <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're ready <laughs> no matter what happens figure four deadlock that would be a hell of a podcast we'll start a backcountry yeah. ufc kind of uh right. royal rumble we'll start a yeah. bushcraft ring and we'll have people go out we'll hit each other with like bushcraft chairs <laughs> you know those ones like the triangles and stuff you know be amazing uh, yeah. get like ten ten thousand views on youtube right no, get canceled <laughs> that's awesome man so this trip yeah. in uh, idaho yeah. with clay he uh, yeah. he had me out um we he had me out to the rocky mountains of idaho for late season elk hunt uh he uses a muzzleloader flintlock like old school thing and I'm, i think he built the thing himself wow right? it's like a kit wow. right so he must have like I, he fashioned the wood and put mm. it all together and the thing is like it's like it looks like an antique mm-hmm. and uh we chased elk around the mountains for uh for seven days, we would, you know, we set up camp, woke up at 5 a.m., started looking for elk the next day, you know, like drove into the mountains, started looking, started glassing for elk, climbing mountains, and then we found some elk, and then we couldn't get to them that day. Came back to camp, you know, 6 p.m., ate dinner, passed out, woke back up at 5 a.m. So we did this daily 
for like mm-hmm. seven or maybe it was eight days just mm-hmm. non-stop and nice we got into elk every single day except for the first day mm-hmm. and we had a lot of opportunities but things just didn't come together but it was amazing just being able to be out there with somebody as like skilled as he was mm-hmm. and, I, and i feel like you know it was nice being the cameraman if i wasn't like a youtuber myself i'd want to be the film guy for mm-hmm. you know like some sort of adventure show outdoor show mm-hmm. not geo mm-hmm. yeah. you know, something of those lines so mm-hmm. you have to have someone filming you for hunting stuff because it just comes down to that like one minute that one shot and if you can't get it like it was very challenging on my the moose hunting video i filmed to really get that to capture that moment i had the moose coming in but it gets to a certain point where you have to put the camera down and you can't set it up because if you you, the animal sees that motion you're going to ruin this chance you spent so long on trying to create so you really have to have a shooter uh, for stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. I didn't watch that one. Were you actually in the video or were you just filming it? Uh, yeah, he put me in quite mm. a bit of it. I was going to mm. film like a behind the scenes kind of my experience of filming a hunt. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up creating anything with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Clay just did, mm-hmm. you know, what he did with all the footage and he kept a lot of me in it. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like my experience and his experience. It was, it was mm-hmm. cool. So what are you were elk hunting? Yeah. So what did you learn about elk hunting? Elk? Uh, well... You know, just where to position yourself with the winds. Mm-hmm. You know, we're chasing these like massive herds. So it was, you know, these things have, there's a lot of eyes and there's a lot of like things that mm-hmm. one of them can pick up on. And they all kind of have this like sense amongst them. If one elk starts acting weird, they all just kind of like sense that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you just have to be so slow and uh, methodical when you get close. But so there's like this, like, you know, hurry up and get there and then like once you're within you know range you gotta slow everything right Mm -hmm. down and Mm -hmm. um you know make sure the wind's in the right position make sure you have enough time in the day make sure um you're not making noise make sure Mm -hmm. you're like keeping warm in certain times and Mm -hmm. wearing the right clothing and and Mm -hmm. patience right patience because like you can get you can be you can work like you know eight hours to get to them and then then like you know move inch inch up to within shooting range over like you know an hour there's one situation where we spent probably an hour and a half inching within you know inching 50 meters up like on our butts without shoes on to be you know at a better range and i just moved a little too quickly mm-hmm. and it just like they all just like they just thought something was awry and they just started to move out because like i was just a mm-hmm. little bit too impatient and so all of them slow yeah and all of them just picked up and started following the last one yeah out of there basically exactly yeah. and then that's it that's, that's your it. kind of chance that's yeah. it like the entire like drawn out day is like mm-hmm. you know comes down to that like tiny little mess up and mm-hmm. there's no forgiveness mm-hmm. when it comes to like wildlife either mm-hmm. was clay pissed uh a little but he's like he gets it you know was he like oh sander yeah, he threw me under the bus hardcore. He? Yeah, like, <laughs> he doesn't okay. seem like that kind. No, he's like, he gets yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was a few moments that Clay left out too that, you know, <laughs> it's his story. Mm-hmm. So he can, uh, you know, but I get it. It's cool. And I'm I'm happy to, um, you know, learn, like to show my mistakes and stuff. And I'm quite happy to, uh, yeah. to, to be... Uh, you know, somebody, somebody that somebody learns from, and that's kind of continuous mm-hmm. in my content. If I make mistakes, I'm very happy to just like, mm-hmm. this is what I did. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I put them in. Somebody's like, oh, I want to see the blooper reel. I'm like, I don't think I have one because it's, it's all it's kind all of there. in there, right? Yeah. Like, I had a recent trip. Our canoe blew away. It was a once-in-a-lifetime windstorm, we found out afterwards, and crazy gale really? forces and stuff like that. And our tent was almost getting flattened. We had the kids with us. We were in northern BC and woke up in the morning thinking that, you know, the canoe had been secured properly, and sure enough, it had you know, broken free and blown way down the beach, blown into a stream, washed out into the river, gone. Yeah. And, you know, to wake up to that and I'm like, well, we're going to keep rolling because, you know, sure, this is going to be embarrassing on YouTube, but you got to be able to show failure. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, you know, the video did well in the end. So that's, I guess, your reward. Exactly. People actually watched it. It's real, and man. And you it's, learn, it's you know, it's lessons like learned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So did you end up to go hunting with this self bow, this bow? So you're making, when you made this bow, you made it all out of a single piece of wood, not just like getting a sapling and bending it and making a bow. It's like a thick stave. Yeah, yeah. And you're carving the shape of a bow out of this. Right. Right. And having to pull it back so that the limbs won't snap. Right. Do you you know what poundage it draws at? It was was about just over 60 pounds at... 30 nice. and a half, which is probably, you're probably 30 and a half, 31. 31, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, it was about 60, maybe 65, but it's kind of since gone down, it's maybe like 58. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, did, and you went hunting with it afterwards? I shot a grouse, it flew away with my oh. arrow, unfortunately. That's and about you never the got extent. it back? No, because we were in the mountains, okay. and uh, like I, I smoked it, and uh, yeah. unfortunately, it like set its wings, and it was just gone. Huh. We looked for a while, couldn't Weird. find it. Kind of sucks, yeah. you know. But that's kind of how things go, and you know, when you're out in the woods and you're out to learn, like you learn things the hard way sometimes. Mm. And you know, yeah, the last thing you want to do is not be able to get the animal, but yeah. at the same time, uh, there's other animals that will eat off of that as well. Well, exactly, right? You know, so that's the complicated thing about um, posting animal content on YouTube is everybody loves animals. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves animals. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know too many, unless you're like a psychopath and you're just like right, right. Yeah. So to see people shooting yeah. animals, it's like it seems like almost like a selfish act, mm-hmm. right? Whereas like if you're creating, if you're filming animals, it's like um, you're leaving the animals to themselves, and you're also inviting the audience to experience that animal. But if you're shooting the animal, which people do for food, um, mainly I'd say ninety nine percent of people who hunt are hunting for to like to eat these animals right um but it seems almost selfish because that person's taking that life from existence Mm -hmm. and you know just for food for themselves right they are giving the audience like that experience of the hunt but Mm. i know this is something i'm trying to learn with content Mm -hmm. creation because you know hunting is a huge part of out being Mm -hmm. an outdoorsman if you Mm -hmm. get into like you know long-term wilderness survival Mm -hmm. uh like homesteading or if you just want to be able to survive one day if you need to right mm-hmm. or or just being self like right. like self any it's massive like hunting right. is like a huge thing and, mm-hmm. and not to mention that it's it's an ancient practice that we've all participated in mm-hmm. since the beginning of time do you that, find it strikes the kind of a primal chord within you yeah absolutely you know i i, I would say so too and it doesn't mean that you have to kill something but just getting up there getting on an animal to where you could harvest it just there's something about that whole experience that's just like resonates deeply. You know what I mean? There's the, you you don't learn about a land or an animal in mm-hmm. any better way than by trying to get as close to them as possible. Right. Yeah. To be able to you know harvest mm-hmm. them, um, mm-hmm. and that's something I learned. You know, hanging out with Clay. Yeah. Is like 
you learn so much about them so quickly by trying to get close to them. Even right. though we, in the end of the day, we didn't end up like harvesting an elk. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just, you know, grew a deeper appreciation for them and mm-hmm. hunters and, you know, the land by mm-hmm. doing that. If I was just climbing those mountains, it's like, oh, cool. Sagebrush. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. We're at the top, like take a photo. Like that's, that's great. It's nice. Oh, maybe there's elk in the distance. Cool. But then, you know, taking that, like not just a step further, but like three steps further by trying to like understand these animals movements in order to get close to them. So you can ultimately eat one for survival. Right. It's pretty cool. It's like, like the killing of an animal is never, <clears throat> there's a, probably not too many people that like actually enjoy putting an animal down. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I know clay doesn't like that. He doesn't actually enjoy killing the animal, but it's just a part of that whole, mm-hmm. the whole experience that has to take place, mm-hmm. you know, and some people might say, Oh, why don't you just take a photo of the animal? Some clay had a good point. It's like the stakes just aren't like high enough and the reward isn't as, uh, you know, meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that clay said that specific, like it was something like, I'm not, I'm not paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, and I just like, it's one of those things that I've always been like drawn to and mm-hmm. whether I'm going to be a hunter in my future or mm-hmm. if I'm just kind of learning about it, uh, I, I, I just want to learn, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. that's where I'm at with it. I still have yet to like kill and harvest an animal myself. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, there's a part of my audience that is like, why, mm-hmm. why, why the hurt bunny animals? hugging crowd? And that's cool. Like, that's okay. I, I there's love, nothing wrong with that. You yeah, know? yeah. As long as you're not like judging people, it's just, it is true. It's like, if you're eating meat and you're supporting the factory farming system, like, and that, you know, the amount of the carbon footprint, the amount of, all kinds of other resources, pollution and everything that goes into that compared to wild meat is, is far worse for the earth right. than, uh, than getting something from the forest. However, if everyone all of a sudden decided we're all going to eat meat in the woods, well, everybody wouldn't be able to eat meat because there wouldn't be enough deer tags or if they all just went and started poaching, they'd wipe everything out too. Right. So there's too many people since we started farming too, but just on a, on a, on a core level, um, you know, you're better off for the earth to sustainably harvest meat from the, you know, from the forest where there's, a, you know, a, a healthy population of whatever your query is, mm. uh, than buying it from the store. And uh, there's all kinds of evidence to support that. Actually, there's an Outdoor Canada article in the last edition by a local guy, a Steve, I forget his last name. Um, he's a, a ice fishing guy uh, from uh, Halliburton, really Mm -hmm. interested article, which is just a snippet of the larger 4,000 word essay that he wrote on that too. I was thinking about having him on the show Mm -hmm. uh, to to kind of dive into that a little bit more. Um, I just feel like it just feels great to have a full freezer. Uh, My wife's like, you know, this is amazing. I don't need to buy meat. And you know what I mean? I've, uh, you know, having a full freezer for years on end, you're eating healthier meat, you're feeding your kids healthier meat. You know, that's the the trophy is just like, look at what I provided. And they say that just looking at red meat is relaxing for men because you know, yeah, because it's that ingrained. So if you're ever feeling stressed out, just go into the, the, the meat section of the store and just stare at a bunch of red meat and you'll just be like, you know, and it's true. This this is true because it's so ingrained because red meat means, okay, my family's going to be fed. You know, we're not living tooth and nail. We, we're going to be good for a little while because we have this food. You know, I am meditating, you know, and and working on breath work and all I have to do is go like, 
look at red meat. Red meat. Just stick. Just Google some pictures. <laughs> I. Uh, it's true. Uh, yeah, but you know, I do. I do like hunting. But you know, like for example, somebody like Wyatt, where that's their main thing. Mm. That's kind of sometimes part of the bigger trips that I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love doing the big expedited canoe trip. So that's kind of like sort of secondary to me doing the, those hunts. But yeah, I still, I still think they're, they're awesome. You know what I mean? Good thing to learn. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I want to, I want to experience it from start to finish. I've mm-hmm. still yet to harvest an animal. Like I mm-hmm. uh, shot a grouse flew away with my arrow. I've eaten mm-hmm. somebody else's grouse. I've eaten game. Mm-hmm. I'm not take my own. Maybe we'll have some of Tori's venison lasagna after this. Oh, that sounds great. It's freaking delicious, yeah, dude. It's so it. good. It's a the venison's got like a stronger flavor right. um, than the beef. And so when you're mixing it with, you know, uh all the other stuff that goes in lasagna, I don't know how to make lasagna. You know, Cheese, you know, there's some cheeses flat and, pasta and, and stuff. No or, idea. Or, or, or. <laughs> <laughs> Tomatoes, <laughs> right? To it's just that that strength, that that meat just tastes way it tastes way better. The yeah. beef, then you go eat like regular beef lasagna or if you consider that regular you're gonna be like where's the flavor huh you know what i mean that's what i notice anyways i got some delicious uh venison sausages here we had a good hunt this year just down river i took my freighter canoe in with a little five horse six oh, that's horse right. yeah, on that, it. yeah yeah we ended up getting into a really kind of sneaky little spot where nobody else sort of hunts around just on crown and uh so yeah. you got on your last day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good, man. Is uh, yeah. It was uh, my brother-in-law got it. It was his largest deer he's ever got. Nice. Yeah. Of course, he just a showed up, and I just like flagged the trail. I'm like, stand here, and he just blasted it, and he felt bad. I'm like, we don't care about that kind of stuff. I was in there. He he's a good. He's an experienced deer hunter okay. too. Yeah, yeah. He's gotten you know more deer than I have. He's been doing it for years, and. uh yeah, I, I like I like that aspect of it. It's also one of the things that I don't film. Like I do right. find that there's I kind of you know I don't want to knock when anybody else is doing, but I do find like if you're trying to make it as a hunter, as like on a TV show or on a YouTube channel, and you can't wait to shoot an animal so you can plug a bunch of products. You know what I mean? It kind of feels maybe a little disrespectful. And I, there's probably all kinds of guys that do that that aren't bad people at all. But, you know, the last thing I want to do if I, like, you know, harvest some animal that I'm grateful for is rattle off all my sponsors and and, mm. and prop all these products up on the animal right. and pose beside it. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it, it just sort of feels like it's, it's take something away from it. I know those guys kind of have to do that, and they're finding a way to – lead their passions and they're eating the meat and all that kind of stuff too. But I, I, you know, something about me just thinks that's kind of not my way. So if I'm, if I'm going out there and filming a YouTube show for money, is that wrong? I don't think so. You know, I think you're sharing an adventure with people. You're finding a way to put meat in the, in the fridge. And I don't really have any moral qualms with it personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, you know, you, no matter what, you're not going to be everything to any, everybody. You know what I mean? No, you can't. Yeah. You're going to find haters the bigger you right. get. And yeah. Mm, like I, my last video, I sang the Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond, which I love. Okay. I don't know if you have, you not have a Scottish background, but yeah, it's this famous Scottish folk song, which is about an old war. And one guy's about to be executed and the next guy's going to be left to go home. And it's, it's kind of deep and sort of thought provoking. And I got all oh, these Scottish guys that are my comments like, lad, I'm from Scotland. And when I heard you sing the Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond, it put a tear in my eye. You know, and I have like a bunch of guys, like two guys saying that. Then another guy's like, when you, I was watching your videos, I thumbs up. As soon as you started singing this 
song, this Banks of Loch Lomond, unsubscribe. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like this guy's crying and this yeah, guy's yeah, angry yeah. and unsubscribing. What, what do you, you know what I mean? You can't please them all. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. There's always going to be dislike. Yeah. You can't, like, don't, I'm like, I don't even bother. It's like your first right. time getting a disrespectful yeah. comment. It's like, oh, mm. okay, I have to change myself. And then yeah. later you realize that. There's a lot of people out there right. with and the, strong opinions and different yeah. opinions and they're all over the map and they could even just be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a way I looked, I heard it the other day, which actually really helps me emotionally handle. Right. First of all, you were the one that said, yeah, when you start getting these negative comments on YouTube videos or social media, it's because your post is blowing up and yeah. it's being recommended to people that don't understand the context. Mm -hmm. But I heard a great, uh, somebody put it, I forget who this was, but they put it, they said, Okay, um, not easy to deal with. Oh yeah, when everyone's got hate, when you got haters, that means you're you're doing you're doing well. Be thankful. Yeah, okay, great. Wait till you get there, and you're just like, oh yeah, buddy, oh fuck yeah, and you're like typing your phone, you're like enraged, right? I know. Sometimes I get like that, and sometimes I just don't say nice things. I usually say nothing. I got one today. I just uh, skip it. I posted yeah. that picture of my hunting, well, like following around mm. clay with. Uh, like as the as the videographer for yeah. his hunting trip, I talked about my experience being a videographer and how wonderful it was mm. for Clay's hunt. Mm. And uh, somebody commented like, "You first talked about mental health, you know, which mm. is like a very serious thing that I, I talk about yeah. occasionally on my channel. Yeah. And now you're showcasing guns. I'm like, how? I'm like, I don't get how those two things are relevant. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. Like so. So if if I you know talk about mental health issues and in you know in myself right. and and where I'm at as a human and then in a different post I show a picture of my friend on a hunt with a gun right. that somehow those yeah like isn't this another? a great way to help with your mental health issues get outdoors and go hunting and shit like all these people that are that's a great way to help with it but maybe he's saying like oh maybe people are going to shoot themselves or something is what he's getting at i don't know it's like i'm yeah. just talking about how like i struggled for a time and then i've since improved mm -hmm. and this is how i did it and mm -hmm. then oh i went on this hunting trip mm -hmm. separate right, right. i'm not yeah, I, I, it was just it was just some a people just comment. don't understand man and it's like I just, suppose yeah. you're walking down the aisle in in the grocery store mm -hmm. and you're carrying some stuff and some guy just walks right in you bumps into you oh knocks you back you drop your stuff on the ground and you and it seemed totally crazy brazen and intentional and you turn around to say something you see the guy's blind right yeah, yeah. you know are you still as mad you know, and that's kind of a metaphor to understand these people who are just blind in some way. Yeah. No, you would feel bad for that blind person. Right, right. Right. So it, it's a good way to just remind yourself that, train your mind when you see these negative comments that that's kind of who they are. At the same time, too, like if you're going out there and blasting and you're doing a trophy hunting channel, but, you know, you're going out there, you're you're talking about nature, you're talking about the animal, you're not interested in just the horns, you're doing it for food, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're learning a skill that's something more meaningful you have respect for the animal that's a very different thing yeah oh, just, absolutely you know what i mean they're just going and blowing away stuff for fun but you know i still like the hunts they're, they're complicated but my my big thing still is my like big canoe expeditions yeah man you know what i mean and i think what, honestly what you, what you got coming up I, yeah well i'm gonna go up to nunavut this year are nunavut you? seems to be a place to go yeah and then tori and i and with john's the kids also are going up go to nunavut oh is he awesome yeah, so. yeah and me tori and the kids are going to gonna go to the yukon as well nice. yeah and i'm doing some other things but uh you know, and I think when it comes to survival, doing some of these expeditionary trips, um, like the Heart River I did in the Yukon, it's very remote. It's mm -hmm. still challenging, but cool. it was beautiful weather.
weather and everything. Yeah. But like doing the one where, you know, I, I can, the northern Manitoba one, me and Ted did, or the one where yeah, I yeah, canoed yeah, yeah. across northern Quebec and Labrador, the, living one, off the land. That was and my shit. favorite video you've ever put that out. One? Yeah, yeah, where you guys had to like hunt mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, thanks. Pete. I watched that. Yeah. Like I started watching that at like 1 a.m. Yeah. And I finished the whole thing. It was like, yeah. I was just like so into it. Cool, dude. That yeah. was like my favorite most. It was the hard, like probably one of the hardest trips I ever did, but like so awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that really? I think on average is, is what's going to give you the skills that you need to win a show like alone mm-hmm. more than like military training and more than like, not all like the kind of cl- hunting clay does. Like you can't break hunting down in one thing. There's people that bait deer and hunt off their back porch and yeah, shoot yeah. them with a gun. And then there's guys that go for a week at a time or longer in the mountains with a bow hunting elk. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's more like an expeditionary kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But when you have to make it from point A to point B with all kinds of horrific obstacles in your way, well living off the land to an extent, I mean, what could be a better better practice for, for for survival, for real survival, you know, with or without a tap out button so cool. than doing something like that? I think that it's doing that kind of stuff is what made you win alone. What made me, gave me the skill to win alone. You know, like you, you, like, you know, this too, it's the ability, like, I bet you when you started going out, when you're younger, you started doing this stuff. Have you noticed your, your uh, ability to tough it out more now than before? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, it all works out in the end or you Mm -hmm. die. So it's like, there's either way. (laughs) Why do you think, why do you think you're able to, to tough it out? What makes you, tougher now to deal with say something as sim as simple as like a soaker what what why do you care not uh, why do you not care now but used to care or bugs or whatever it might be because the the relief from <laughs> those bad experiences is so so enjoyable yeah i don't know it's like you put yourself into like a really cold situation like the mm-hmm. best part about being cold is when you get warm at the end of the day mm-hmm. or the best part about being wet is when you dry so it's like the misery Usually the misery comes with, mm. you know, the the relief at the end and relief feels mm. incredible. Right. And it usually comes or right. you die. So it's right. like, I think at this point, it's like, I'm probably not going to die uh-huh. soon. And I'm not pushing myself. <laughs> Sorry. <no. laughs> I think somebody's here. Yeah. All right, that is all good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not pushing myself to such a degree that I'm at risk of serious bodily right. harm. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could probably more dangerous driving uh, up to your camping trip than doing it. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I mean, just experience, Mm -hmm. you know, baby steps. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't throw, I I don't know if I've like jumped in the deep end on any trip. Maybe some people think I do, but Mm -hmm. it's all calculated. Right. Uh, Not like perfectly. Like I improvise all the time, but it's like I have some idea in mind of what I want to do and Mm -hmm. You know, weather permitting, I've had some really shitty nights, but you get out of those and you just remember like, you know, how miserable it can be sleep without a sleeping bag and like, you know, the negatives, Mm -hmm. it's just like out there on the snow or just like on like spruce boughs, but you know, you get through it and you're okay. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you come home Mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've always come home. Have you ever not come home? I mean, well, I mean, I, I, what would I, how, who would be doing this podcast? Right. Right. So Right, like or, or, or dead, right? Right, and we all yeah. will die. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, if yeah. I die on camera, like I, I don't know. It's like I want my family to like make like 
make a Xander Budnick video. Make a video. Or just do a time lapse of you slowly rotting. <laughs> oh, imagine. imagine <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I don't know. Is... Sorry, bro. Sorry. That got dark. That yeah. got dark. But quick. like, no, sh- like yeah. showing my footage of like n- normal yeah. Xander Budnick camping video and then there's just my death at the end. <laughs> it's like, but, um, but if I weren't to die on camera, it's like I have like a, a few deaths that I would like few burials mm-hmm. i don't know why we're going here but mm-hmm. yeah we can how would you like to i used be to think i wanted to be camp. shot into space but okay. now i love hunter Deer. thompson i used to i like yeah. i used to think i wanted to live amongst the stars but earth is right. home right know? good point so it's uh, a kermit the frog song is it yeah i don't want to live on the moon it's actually a gorgeous brilliant song um seriously yeah it's actually amazing <laughs> um so uh yeah it's, it's great um, what was I going to say? So to me, it kind of sounds like you're saying when you learn something, you learn that you don't need to be, when you need to be afraid of it and when you don't need to be afraid of it. Yeah. I don't think you I've know? been in any real, real like, serious situation. Is that, it's, I, I guess it kind of sounds like sort of like what you're saying, like, okay, I'm cold right now. Well, I have enough experience to know that it's not cold enough to freeze to death. And I know that I can light a fire and get warm. Whereas before that experience, you might say, Ooh, I really don't know if that I'm going to be, I don't know if I can get a fire going or yeah. I don't know if I'm going to freeze or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sort of sounds similar to what you're saying, you know? I mean, I went to, like last night I was in mm-hmm. last two nights it was negative 20 and I got like really cold at some mm-hmm. points. So I just knew to like throw on coat, but like, my hands were still working. I was fine. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. were you moving around a lot? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, I haven't been in a situation where it's like, oh fuck right yeah right you yeah know? maybe a little bit of that like getting my car broken down in a bad spot but oh, it's just man. like oh i just have to deal with this right it's right. like oh, okay here's another headache it's not yeah. like i'm actually in serious I'm danger in serious danger yeah, yeah. it's so, just a giant pain in the ass basically yeah. Yeah. it'd be like the be like nights coming in you're wet I mean, what would you do? It's like the cold nights coming in. You're soaking wet. Well, you just, like you can't start a fire. You just like do push-ups all night in the Arctic. Well, yeah, well, that's the, Arctic, the problem. You-, you can you can start working out. You can start exercising, but that that's only going to last until you run out of energy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. And so, what you can't last the whole night just sitting there moving, especially because eventually you're going to be so exhausted, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's why they say in the Arctic, you know, you don't want to you don't want to sweat too much. Right. Yeah. Because if you sweat too much, your base there gets cold. Then when you stop moving, you can freeze. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you go up to Nunavut, um, you're going to try to drive on James Bay out to an island and uh, that's Nunavut. Right. Yeah. But you might not make it. You might have to start walking. Yeah. You know, are you scared of polar bears? We're going to bring a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Bangers yeah. and stuff. But we're going to have our truck. Right. Or, or unless we're walking. Yeah, the polar yeah. bear thing kind of freaks me out a little bit. How far is the but island? I never even looked. I'm like, yeah, just drive to none of them, man. Like Peace out. 4K. Try to reach oh. out to like a, uh, a guy up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never got back to me. I mm. tried him on all platforms. Mm. Did you try the, did you try like the mayor? No. Try the mayor. Try, try, the mayor. try like city hall. Yeah. Cool. Try like or the town hall or whatever. It just sounds mm-hmm. so like. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's, That's because it's a small, it's a small community. Just reach out to the mayor. People will probably be so stoked that you're coming up to do that. They'll yeah. probably be like so welcoming. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I had somebody reach out from Fort Rupert on uh, uh, my uh, messages and just saying like, "Hey man, come to Rupert House." Blah blah blah. We're gonna do this and that. Like I think they'd think it was cool. You know, uh, you're doing some trips with your brother more now, eh? Yeah, man. That yeah. guy just like. I don't, well, he kind of got me going mm-hmm. quite a bit. He's like, he's the brain guy. Like he's the, the ideas guy, at least in terms of trips. 
Mm-hmm. He's got like all the rivers, all like the mm-hmm. lakes and cool areas yeah. that he's looked up. And as like, I just hit Max up, I'm like, hey man, like I'm looking for like, I want to do two nights. Mm-hmm. I want to like bring these this gear. And then he's like, oh, you got to go to this area. Right. Right. Cause I, I'm looking at the weather. Cause like, that's how I like to film my content. Like cool, interesting weather. Mm-hmm. nice spot cook some delicious food or like do something kind of like mm-hmm. interesting make something out of make a story out of it that's a little more than just xander goes camping again yeah exactly right um and so max just has like all these cool ideas and i like to bring him along he's a nice guy and we get along mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah and he's doing youtube quite a bit now too right yeah he's doing all right yeah he's doing some super nice shot he has a lot of ideas on how he wants you to fly the drone i've noticed because he doesn't have a drone yeah he's got a drone he's now. Got, like, oh he does oh yeah, that yeah. must be a relief yeah because i noticed he had like a lot of xander get the shot like panning tilted a bit to the left with us walking and you're just the like worst backseat drone flyer. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. Yeah. it's just funny because it's such a like a brother's thing i can like relate to that uh, relationship yeah. that you and him have you know no, he's mean? good he's good guy mm-hmm. oh, we oh, talk yeah. all the time we talk every day actually I'm just like oh, hey man nice. what you doing yeah like, hey, this is what's up with me youtube mm-hmm. i don't know i love talking youtube Mm-hmm. so he's like one of the guys did you have a, a well yeah I, it's so true yeah my brother too because he's in youtube right so yeah. ted will go off and talk about this and that and yeah it's he's ted's knowledgeable too he's like a more of a research guy where mm-hmm. i'm kind of jump into stuff mm-hmm. guy so he's i'm more of like a bull in a china shop he's sort of right. like you know a little bit more calculated i right, think right. but uh yeah so w- when you i notice i do notice something when i see these kind of outdoor youtubers that are canoeing these large distances they all tend to be pretty big people you know like fairly tall. strong yeah tall strong yeah. kind of people i've noticed that too yeah yeah so and i'm just like i guess because maybe you'd be more drawn to it if you it's not you're not going to break your back to carry all your stuff if you're smaller i have no you idea know? you're six four six five I'm about six five yeah Yeah, i'm six three six yeah. four like john's yeah. the same height as me brad's the same height as yeah. me max is the same max yeah. A little taller than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then there and then there's star the star, you know, just strong like stocky types. Like the voyageurs were like five four, but they were like but they're built like, like brick shit houses. Yeah, those guys are you know? a different breed. I, yeah. I need to know how they deal with the mosquitoes. Yeah, like I just need to know because yeah. like how, like how, do they just suffer? Through I them? think they meditate. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So like. They used to just sleep under their canoe with a little tar- a little tarp, prop their canoe up on the side and a tarp like this and just sleep under with all the bugs on them. I think it's just a, just allow the bugs to land on your face and fly away and allow them day. to land and just slowly just sleep through it and just sleep through the night with potentially getting a thousand mosquito bites on your face. Some early day Buddhists. That's what I think if I was on a loan through like at the heart of mosquito season, that's where I think I would really crush alone because like i can just handle getting riddled with mosquito bites better than the vast majority of people out there yeah i don't i don't itch anymore it's just when they like get into your ears and Mm -hmm. yeah that the ear thing the ear thing is just like yeah yeah Yeah, that's kind of hard i don't know maybe i gotta i I need some more like mosquito therapy it's like when you're like exposed to like you know your fears and you overcome them i just need like i'm not afraid of mosquitoes just (sighs) i just need more mosquito therapy so i can just harden up right I yeah really harder hard and the other thing that works is just pretending that you don't care with just like a toxically masculine attitude yeah like, i don't care at all but really you do yeah and then eventually you just like actually don't my my right. uh my uncle so my mom's cousin actually when i was a kid he's like what you got to do is you got to go and you got to make a deal with the mosquitoes <laughs> you got to go into the woods and you got to lie there with just your underwear underwear on and let hundreds of mosquitoes bite you all at once and after that 
that, it's like the mosquitoes have like taken this from you and now they will never bother you. Almost like literally he phrased it as like, you give this away to the mosquitoes and then you'll never be bothered. Like it was a conscious mm. dealing, like a deal, like a handshake deal. Right. <clears throat> but it did work. Like I went and did that and I've been immune to mosquitoes ever since. I don't really get swollen. I notice when I go to other places that I'll get swollen up a bit at first because the mm. mosquitoes, different. you know, yeah. There's yeah, like they, thousands of different types of mosquitoes. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. All kinds of different weird looking ones and so stuff like that. Just go into the woods and make a deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Do they, if you get swarmed mm. by like, say like the thousand mosquitoes, like 5,000 mosquitoes mm. that are there in that area that night, you just like let them all take you and then yeah, you, you just lie there and you let yourself, you just let yourself get like probably two, 300 mosquito bites. Don't swath them. Just lie there for a while and, and then they feed go a bunch of mosquitoes. And then uh, maybe I don't, I forget what I did. Maybe the mosquito feeding time came to an end and I walked, you know, back to the cabin or whatever. Uh, I forget. I just got the hell out of there. You just let them have their way yeah, with you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just get, yeah. They got, they did, you know, it was weird. <laughs> their proboscises were just going crazy. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. We can, yeah, it's not a me too thing. But yeah, yeah, a lot of mosquito proboscis penetration out there. Yeah, yeah, just there's Mm. something about mosquito. Yeah, anyways. Mm. Mm. Black flies I find to be even worse. They just go in your nose and your eyeballs Mm. and it's just like, come on. By the time you're like about to die, it's already too late. You don't see it coming. Your whole face is swollen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, they're like concentrate right here. It's. Can you, do you know a time where the bugs were the worst? What do you mean? Like, what is the worst you've ever been eaten alive? I haven't even got it that bad yet. Really? To be honest. Yeah, I've been fortunate in the last few years to kind of dodge the mosquito Smart. season by being too far north and when then, they were, and right. then coming south when Very they're wise. done. I've been really lucky that way the yeah. last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we have them? We had them on the mag a little we bit. We did, yeah. Just yeah. a little bit, though. The time me and Brad Jennings did the upper mag and then me and Ted did the lower, they're really I bad think I that, year. that video, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. But nothing that you could remember, like, you know, absolutely being killed. Right. You know, no, no. you don't have anything like that? No. no nothing where you just could mosquitoes. Clap and there's like, you killed 10. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. But like, yeah, yeah mosquitoes, I, I've gotten some, had some real bad mosquito experiences. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. other huh. than that, no, the black fly is like, that's why. I think mosquitoes are worse for me. Mm-hmm. Black flies throwing a head mm-hmm. mask and then you have a long sleeve and you're pretty much good with yeah. mosquitoes. You Around know. here. Yeah. I would say. But when you get to somewhere where the black flies like real bad, mm. like Labrador, you know, Northern Quebec, when you just get hammered, you're like, okay, it's official. Black flies are worse than mosquitoes. Mm. Ted made that swap. I, I saw that that happened with him because he was like, black mosquitoes are worse than black flies. I'm like, no, it's the other way around. And finally, he's like, it's official. Black flies are worse. Mm. And he totally changed his yeah. brand affiliation. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't mm. been exposed enough then. No, no. No. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm. I, like for me to live a very, like for for mm. me to live the life that I want, I want to have like mm. a whole host of experiences, right? Good or bad, um, mm. but, but like so to experience mm. like very heavy black flies, mm. and and also to to experience heavy black flies is mm. like something I want to experience. But not only that is like to experience very heavy black flies when you go into just like uh, an experience with just light black flies, you're like oh, mm. there's, a, there's nothing, right? This is great. So kill yourself, and then nothing else can ever feel as bad, sort of thing. That's why it's great to go right. out on a rainy day, you know, like right. when it's pelting rain. You learn to deal with that situation where mm. it's like absolutely devastates you, and then you just go on something like light rain. It's like oh, this is kind of nice. Yeah, this is actually totally. like great, and this yeah. is not just great. It's like this is this is better than just like a sunny yeah, day. Cool. 
I like yeah. that. I like that philosophy. Yeah. You know, just toughen yourself up, callous yourself to it. And yeah. Then, yeah. It's, it's sort of like, that's kind of like what the, that survival skill is that, you know, I've talked about before, but it's sort of like, you don't care anymore because you've already uh, given yourself, you've put yourself in front of these really challenging situations. And now when it's less challenging, let's say you've been outdoors days on end in this driving rain. Now when it's just drizzling, nobody that hasn't had the more intense driving rain for days experience is going to be as chilled as you are yeah. in the easy rain. You'll still be, you'll be having fun and they'll be like, Oh my God, it's raining so yeah. much. And you'll be like, uh, this is nothing, exactly. you know, and there's no way you can like take a course or read uh, the survival books with all the like drawings of shelters. There's no drawing of like how to just toughen up, like how would that little yeah. diagram look, Work. you know what I mean? Like it would have to be metaphoric. A be diagram. A dude covered in like rain, yeah. you know, yeah. and, but like also like <laughs> biceps, like I don't know. Yeah, here's how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, what, like, so you've been doing YouTube four years now. You're putting out three to four videos a month. Yeah, I'd say yeah. two to three. I tried every the week, but three. now it's like I just yeah. can't. I just can't. Well, you also to, to your benefit, you're also doing. You're taking one big trip and you're mo moving it all into a single video, which I do sometimes. But for my longer trips, yeah. I'm doing like a video a day. You know, right. I do a 14 day trip. I'm doing like 12 videos, let's say roughly from a longer trip. But you take some of these longer trips and condense it all into one like epic piece, right? Yeah, as well, they just yeah. play better. I mean, mm -hmm. I find if you do episodic, ep mm -hmm. episodic ep episodes, uh, they people tend to lose interest over right. the course of them. I mean, yeah. John kind of figured this out. Yeah. So just to have like one big video, yeah. it's kind of it just does better. Yeah. It has right. higher views, and it doesn't look like it's trailing off. And that that kind of makes up from your income, but also makes up from just your traction. Than, than skipping a couple weeks a month, let's say. Because I don't yeah. always put one up every week. I, I try to always get one up, every, one up week. every week. Yeah, but, you know, maybe I don't have enough time to edit all of them down. So if I was going to do it like you, I'd definitely have to condense, spend more time editing, do yeah. more trips too, you know? Yeah, I mean, when you're doing mm. those, like, big 12-day mm. trips, right. yeah, I, 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 I personally think mm. that things should be a little bit more condensed. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's just at least my... Yeah. The way I like to watch content is probably like a little bit mm -hmm. more condensed and that's how I kind of create my content. Right. Uh, as opposed to something a little bit more drawn out. Like I like right. it when there's information. I like it when there's, you know, fun story. I like it when there's beautiful shots, mm -hmm. but I don't need, you know, five of those beautiful shots. You know, give me like the two best ones. Give mm -hmm. me like the two best informational tips and give me like that story. That's like, right. You know, right like the bread and butter yeah right and just give me that give me the package because there's a lot of youtubers i think that uh, there's yeah there's a lot of people out there that just want to see the whole thing mm -hmm. right but there's only so much i can watch of somebody you know on a portage or you know watching somebody paddle a lake or um i mean this can apply to any piece of content right but there are people out there that just want to see every little mm. bit of the story it does get a little redundant even for me to edit when i'm doing 24 days in manitoba we're eating pickerel every single day cooked like the exact same way it's hard to come up with creative ways to shoot it and edit it yeah. to make it look you know a little different and keep the audience engaged yeah so i think you do amazing it's a huge people don't realize that it's a lot easier let's say you have you know all this footage it's a lot easier to make a longer video out of that than a shorter video 
You know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. You know, so to the ability to condense that in, in editing is is a challenge that you manage to do, to do. But what is there anything specifically like? What kind of keeps you going when it when you you know you got this uh, you, a job? You're an entrepreneur. You have uh, this thing that you you have to keep feeding that content machine. You have to keep getting out there and doing more adventures. Is there anything that what what is it about it that excites you that keeps you engage and keeps you going when it comes to content when it comes to the outdoors and the whole package people i love i guess so much from people's comments mm -hmm. and just like the joy that i give people yeah and the personal responses that people you know give me and how they've seeking like they've gone they've started uh like a passion for the outdoors because they saw my videos mm -hmm. or I've given them peace by them watching my videos. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't know, it's such a, like a wonderful feeling. And, and I, I'm somebody who seeks novelty. So I can't just do the exact same video each time. I gotta, gotta like push it, make it something a little different. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like within the same kind of oh, two nights tarp camping, it's gotta right. be like a different spot, different objective. Um, and, you know, even when you, so th those things keep it interesting, but it's, it's also like, there, there are so many jobs out there that are just, I'm so lucky to be doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't take it for granted. Right. Right. You know, so, so it's like, so just that not, keeps you from going how lucky you are every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like every day mm -hmm. I, I do feel like very thankful. And mm -hmm. I, I think, I think I do feel this every day mm -hmm. you know I, I take time off right. on, when i need it mm -hmm. i i go do the jobs that i want to do at times i want and i feel driven to keep working mm -hmm. um yeah no i'm very very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. so it's you it's your you share and helping brightening other people's day is is what kind of your uh driving what helps you what helps inspire you in return to then help inspire other people through your content. Yeah, and, very, and, and also just like YouTube metrics that like, you know, showing that you can, it's fun to create a piece of content that, you know, gains attention, holds interest, mm -hmm. gets responses and creates value. Right. And that's like in a certain niche. And for us, it's like outdoor, which is just like amazing. Mm -hmm. So not only can we go on these cool adventures that are life-changing, teach us, you know, valuable skills, uh, like gives us, you know, personal development and you know breaks us down and beats us up and builds us up and um and just doing these trips that people might only get to do like once a year once every decade once every but we get to create a piece of value out of that we get to go out live an experience that's not everybody's most even just this trip that i did last night you know just two nights tarp camping and negative mm -hmm. 20 not a lot of people are ever going to experience that. Mm -hmm. And then so to be able to experience that for myself, which, you know, having a whole host of experiences in my life is very valuable to me. And that's mm -hmm. what is a key marker of me, in my opinion, of having a, uh, having a, a successful life or like mm -hmm. a fulfilling life. Not only do I have that, but I'm also creating a piece of content, which is like a value, like a valuable piece of substance mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm creating something for this world that people can enjoy mm -hmm. they they take inspiration from mm -hmm. they might just get leisure from and, and enjoyment with them, their, themselves and their family but i'm but i'm also 
making like money, which mm-hmm. just like <clears throat> helps me live. Mm-hmm. And I inspire others and mm-hmm. yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like sitting back and looking at something that you created. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love that part about it. And that's one of the things I always thought was cool about You talked about being in a kind of construction, right? Mm-hmm. Renoing and building stuff. I used to do uh, some, you know, small scale construction, build docks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit back and stare at this for a long time. And I feel kind of similar about YouTube and it's something you're constantly adding to, uh, constantly being productive. You know what I mean? And you hear uh, a lot of people, uh, they, they aim to be happy, yeah. right? And you're sort of touching on this, but they aim to be happy. But if you aim to be happy, well, then you kind of get the, the people you like, you see these ultra wealthy kids and their daddies are giving them like Lamborghinis and they're traveling the world on trust funds. And a lot of them are just miserable because yeah. the focus or their parents focus on trying to make their kids happy. I want to give them all these amazing things as opposed to being productive because when you're sort of productive, when you're creating things, when you're helping other people, that's what kind of where you get happy from, right? Oh, and it, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. giving back and creating, like giving back mm. to the community in some way. It's like, yeah, like like creating something for this world that's actually mm-hmm. a value. I think everybody does that to some capacity, but sometimes when I look at, some of the statistics. Have you ever mm. looked at the hours watched on your YouTube? I, I did uh, some numbers just from Toronto, Montreal, uh, Mississauga, and Winnipeg. And it was like 18.5 in uh, uh, years worth of yeah. people just in those cities have watched my YouTube channel. Yeah, you know? years. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much value you've created of right. like entertainment, which is right. a valuable resource. Mm-hmm. You know, entertainment, education, mm-hmm. uh, inspiration. You know, these are the things that we're creating through, right. you know, content, you know, mm. and yeah, information is a big part, but yeah, like hours, like, like, mm. I think I looked at, should I pull up, pull up, pull up a set? Sure. I'll just pull up a set. Yeah. This, this is it. a little bit mind blowing sometimes. Yeah. Um, so in the last month, three, in the last month, 391,000 hours have been watched. Wow. So uh, of, of my content yeah it's 391 hours times no wait you want to say 391 divided by 24 hours in a day divided by 365 days in a year it's 44 years 44 years so in the last month people yeah. have consumed 44 years years worth of watching. that's like older than i am yeah a person like <clears throat> that's if you spent your entire life mm-hmm. watching <laughs> If I spent my entire life watching Xander Budnick, I wouldn't even watch as much as people have watched Xander Budnick this month. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like, that's an enormous amount of value created mm-hmm. for this world. Like, mm-hmm. and it's cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, I like to look at something like that and hope that we're doing something for right. conservation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there, there's something to be said for people that are, uh, that are, outward sort of advocates or, or, uh, uh, activists. Mm. But I think there's also something to be said for just putting stuff in front of people and letting them make up their own mind. And I, I see that from people I've brought out on some of my larger trips and seeing them get a connection with, you know, whatever it be with nature, with God, with a greater power, looking at the mountains. And, you know, I never would have worked if I told them, Hey, this is what you're going to discover when you're out there. Right. Yeah. But you see them they you see them connect with it and you're like, okay, I get it. I, I hope that 
in some sense, we are being able to do that, that we're giving people a connection to nature and to these traditional skills and our roots so that maybe the next time we decide that we might want, want to plow every last inch of the forest to build Walmarts, people might be like, hey, maybe we don't do that. Or maybe we build one Walmart and leave the, a lot of the forest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I like to think that maybe all those hours kind of add to add to uh that a little bit i think so yeah i don't know are you are you kind of a conservation minded person when it comes to that sort of stuff absolutely i mean yeah if if it wasn't for the parks and you know crown land and stuff like what do we got we just got another parking lot right it's like that's you know nature like you can look Mm -hmm. anywhere in nature and there's a little bonsai garden Mm -hmm. right you look at any shoreline and there's like a little perfect composition of like like perfect composition of just can't even describe it how these things kind of like work together to 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 titillate the eyes Mm -hmm. and then you have you know human constructions which are just like straight lines walls Mm -hmm. and you just can't Mm -hmm. nature just is so beautiful to Mm -hmm. our core like to to our like deeper selves to look Mm -hmm. at that just can't be emulated in in the right yeah Actually, you remind me something too, uh, the scales of it. So I think I read in a Tom Brown book or something like that. Somebody was showing him that if you hold a rock really, really close Mm. and you stare at it, that rock really almost resembles a giant rocky mountain. Right. It's like fractals. On a really small scale. Yeah. And you almost kind of meditate and could imagine yourself little walking up this rock. You know what I mean? It's just like even on these tiny scale things, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, nature just has like a sort of amazing kind of brilliance to it in, in every way, shape, or form. It's like the rivers, like it, yeah. rivers down to a streams, the way they snake through nature. It's, mm-hmm. it's all, you can zoom in to, you know, as close as you can. And it's the like same. What do they call that? How, how these different, what's it called? Fractals. Fractals. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? The shoreline, the way the shoreline like breaks up into like smaller and smaller pieces of itself. And you zoom out to like space and it's the same Mm -hmm. types of shapes. Just the, 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 the patterns resemble themselves. Like the vein, the, 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 the rivers, when you look at an aerial photograph, resemble the, the veins in a leaf. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Something like that. And, and, And these, these things, uh, you know, it just seems like uh, surreal almost like how, you know, like there's got to be some, some greater uh, force was like, okay, this is how we're going to. So some people do think that's evidence of a, of a, a greater, power. a higher, higher yeah, power yeah, yeah. or, uh, you know, um, you know, intelligent uh, uh, design right. behind everything yeah. too. Right. I think you, you get, you get uh, some of that when you're out in nature. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I think that's why, especially when you're out there also getting exercise too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know if you uh, uh, find that. Uh, just to, you know, we we mostly do trips that are self-propelled too, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I feel like you paddle across the lake and look behind you. Wow, this is how far I paddle. You get to camp. You got the exercise. You feel like you accomplished something. As much as I love motorboats and stuff, you don't have the same feeling when you just bombed up there <laughs> no, in a motorboat or drove there in a car, <laughs> yeah, right? No. You know, you don't notice as much around no. you either. You no. know. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, nature's done so much mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like so grateful. Mm-hmm. What keeps you going? Well, I mean, for me, I think, uh, you know, just, um, hey, this is my podcast. I'm asking the questions here. Just kidding. Give us the goods. Uh, honestly, I, yeah, I just, I, it's, it would be, it would be a similar thing to me. Like I just, I, I like building, uh, something as well. I really find it to be, um, 
fulfilling to to follow something that I'm passionate about and find a way to make it work and say, holy shit, this is actually working. Just that little kid, you know, that little kid, Jimmy, who was uh, really smart, but she, geez, he was misbehaving and talking out of turn or yeah. whatever to, to, you know, the t- teachers that thought, okay, you're not gonna, you're not good enough or you're going to fail, but also now being able to kind of, you know, oh yeah, I knew I was this guy that could, you know, live my dreams and break out of that nine to five sort of framework that I was never really happy living within. I did uh, mineral exploration and stuff, which I was really happy for. Some of those jobs are really good, but some of the men like winter drilling, you know, night shifts and shit like that, man. I'm just like, Oh man, like the money was good, but I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know if I want to be doing this forever. And just the fact that I was able to sort of take that risk yeah, and that challenge, like, dude, I was made. I was like, it was a struggle when I would decide to go into this full time. Yeah, I was sort of out of necessity. I was like thirty five thousand dollars in debt, mm. and like rode home with like on fumes uh, from an expedition in northern Quebec, and found a check in my mailbox that I forgot was owed to me. You know, and be like, oh my god, thank God. You know, mm. like I forgot this is wow now i can pay these bills that i didn't think i was even going to be able to pay you know what i mean right um so yeah but i think everybody has stories like that you know um that that are trying to do something that's out of the box that's different that's a risk you just gotta keep chasing it you just gotta keep going like even if you like have to take some steps back as long as you keep Mm -hmm. the dream alive Mm -hmm. don't get too caught up with like you know get having Mm -hmm. dental somewhere like don't like the comforts right yeah you can't because like then you just well, I don't know. I've never yeah. been in it, but I know I would die a slow death. If I'd I rather just have up. no teeth. Yeah, me too. Mm. <laughs> for, for, I had a fortunate family. Yeah. Like my, I got like my mom's like godsend. You know, yeah. like when I when I uh, like when I was struggling to make it as a YouTuber and like plucking away at it. Like I worked for her like mm-hmm. for a few months, no, for a, about a year as I was trying to like pluck it as a YouTuber and I would yeah. just be able to like take some time off. Yeah, and then uh, and then it's just like my traction stuck. And uh, I just, she's like, yeah, go, yeah. Do, do, go awesome. pursue your passion. Awesome. Right? Man, no, nobody does anything fully by themselves. And, no. you know, it's even, it's probably what is hard, right? You know, and you can see how people that just have no, very few helping or society or they're born into a challenging situation, how hard it must be for them. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, 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 uh, I do feel lucky for sure. Like you do, but you do, you know, it's not all just luck. You haven't just lucked into this. At no, the this same has time. been like, I've yeah. been thinking about this for many years. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just start like, how do I get in here? Yeah. You know, and then there's also like overcoming, you know, yeah. just my own, my own my own blockades right right yeah. which were numerous yeah. as we all have right yeah. well not everybody has them some people just jump right in it yeah you know, they're like boom you know, right they hit it well, off you the dealt with some of that shit that you had to overcome though dude like which yeah. you talk about in your videos as yeah, well. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well it was kind of, it's kind of fun it was like serendipitous too because like i well you know i'm an alcoholic and mm-hmm. like addict or whatever um mm-hmm. three plus years sober now which is pretty sweet mm-hmm. um <clears throat> We should celebrate this. Grab it, grab it. I was hoping <laughs> we would come do on a this beer bong, bro. Yeah, so we're sober. So with this podcast, we just come on and get blackout drunk <laughs> and just talk politics. It's like <laughs> rant, just yeah. to no just end. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, it was kind of cool because like threw myself in rehab because I was like yeah. basically I was fucking rock bottom. Threw myself wow. in rehab. Mm-hmm. Like I was making videos before that, but yeah. like I was 
fucking pissing around and being an idiot mm-hmm. threw myself in rehab got out and then basically like you know three weeks later I, mm-hmm. i'm just like i'm going winter camping and i'm pumping out a video mm-hmm. a week and it was like my third video you know fresh out of rehab that just like stuck and you know like the the, the few running wow. up to that were doing better yeah. and better and then the third one just like popped off maybe it was the fourth yeah and then it's like i'm full-time yeah and then it was just like people just latched onto my story yeah. and just like they like the content and the youtube gods like honored me mm-hmm. and then it was just like i've been full-time since so it was like you know i turned my life around got sober mm-hmm. and then i was kind of like blessed how did that you know, feel like, fucking amazing man 2021 mm-hmm. was like this year that's just like it was like you know i'd fr- freshly been sober and getting my life back it mm-hmm. wasn't easy but you know and, and then and then seeing yeah. the career yeah. come to life right and getting respect from people and followers, getting fans, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and being a creative mm-hmm. and, uh, and also just being outside. And, and so zero to hero, not that you're ever a zero, yeah. but oh, again, getting, yeah. And getting to be outside, which is great for, for all that kind of stuff too. So right. Like uh, brain, one of the things Wyatt was talking about is how he basically got over his alcoholism when he was on alone. You know, I don't know if you really? watched season 10, but he yeah, just yeah. like decided like, that's it out there. And it was like such a healing experience for him, which is one of the reasons probably why he didn't care about any of the money that's worth more than the money it's amazing. for sure. You know what I mean? But wow, that must've felt good. What, what that is inspiring. So you had these addiction issues, rock bottom. Uh, did you ever think that it was possible that you were going to be able to like blow up like that? <laughs> I didn't think you it would be like that. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to like put myself yeah. out there see what happens. And yeah. then uh, it turns out people like that. Yeah. Right. People, it was like, ugh, yeah. I can't even stop eating crackers. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine if I had a, like a legitimate addiction to try to quit it. You oh, know? You, I tried to quit for years. Right. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, maybe if I just do this and that, mm-hmm. and like, it just ramped up over years. I, I had addiction issues since I was young. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember mm-hmm. like stealing alcohol from like my grandparents' cabinets mm-hmm. or like, you know, like uh, going, like wanting to go to the dentist so they could give me laughing gas because it gets high <laughs> and smoking weed as early as possible. Yeah, and, like yeah. any, any, like experimenting right. with all sorts of drugs. Right. I like kept away from like the hardest of hard drugs because right, I knew right. that that leads down a path that I didn't want to do a dabble yeah, with you know smart. like yeah. yeah so i didn't yeah. go that route fortunately mm-hmm. but i was pretty strong into like the pills that were prescribed to me yeah and i would you know whatever and then alcohol and a lot of other like mm-hmm. kind of middle grade drugs that i mm-hmm. would dabble in daily and mm-hmm. mix and whatever and then it just ramped up to the point mm-hmm. where i was like so unhappy yeah and, <laughs> and it was oh, just like it's like what do you do like yeah. and there was no way out other than off everything right Right. So that's where I'm like, okay, let's go to rehab. And that was fun. Met some interesting folk. And yeah. then uh, just died, dove right into YouTube. And Holy bada shit, bing, bada boom. Yeah. And then you just went all out on YouTube and just started below. Like, I remember yeah. the first time you you came onto my radar, I just saw the video. I think it was like you're camped on a remote island. And I just keep, there's like a close up of your face. And you're just like, just like kind of like look at this intense kind of look on your face. And I saw this island and like, kept popping in. Guy? And then I'm just like, then all of a sudden she's got like millions of views. My brother's like, my brother, he, I yeah, started, he's yeah, like, yo, yeah. you got to check out this guy, Xander. Right. And then here you are freaking on my podcast, all humble. And you're a way bigger deal than me. No, man, you, you are know? the biggest deal. Like, man, getting to like be friends with you is yeah. like, like, boom. That's like, mm. that is so now cool. Now I've really made it. Yeah. Well, it's I've done the though. Baird Country podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But like get, you. getting to yeah. like be friends with you and getting yeah. to like, 
you know, meet you at first, talk mm-hmm. to you. And then I, I don't know how that mm-hmm. was it the YouTuber meetup. I think it was the YouTuber. Oh meetup. yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so getting to meet you there mm-hmm. and then like, you know, becoming friends on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was like pretty cool. And then, and then, yeah. and then like going on a trip together. Now yeah. we're like friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's pretty. Yeah. You got my house sweet, and shit. Man. I remember, uh, uh, yeah, it was that YouTuber meetup. And I remember we were trying to get wood and I was like way up, a, uh, up some steep hill trying right, to cut wood right. and you and Max helped out. And I'm like, fuck, these guys were raised right you know you're just helping out you're not scared of hard work you're you know carrying stuff around like you know and i was like man these guys are all right you know these guys are good guys man like you're the kind of guys that do the dishes when you're invited over for dinner you know what i mean (laughs) right that kind of thing we we got good good family no you guys are cool too man like you and you and your brother are like good good shit and like you guys you're the videos that like i watched nice i wasn't big into Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. i don't say i really watch anybody Mm -hmm. and well it's hard to find the time isn't it yeah Yeah. like i I, like i love living my own outdoor experiences and i'll watch like some bigger videos Mm -hmm. like but i i wouldn't watch too many people do what i do Mm -hmm. but i would watch you do Mm -hmm. your big expeditions right so i watched a lot of you Mm -hmm. but i didn't watch many other outdoor youtubers mm-hmm. yeah I, I like you you resonated with me mm-hmm. um Thanks. especially early on well i did see that w- when you're lighting a fire you grab the sticks and hold the cu- oh i do that on. all the time now. i'm like did he get that for me that you're like got, got this from you i got dude. a lot of stuff from you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it works great eh? and that's the cool thing about youtube too yeah. is like you don't have to like teach it's like this is how you do this you want sticks about this size right. like you just show it like you just do it show right. it and that's kind of what i do most of the time too yeah. now it's like you just show by doing as opposed right. to by telling Right. People pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a, you know? maybe for the short form kind of how-to videos. A lot of the time, people don't really want to be told. They right. want to learn something, but they don't want it to be like in such a, you know, kind of teacher sort of textbook sort of way, I right. find. You know what I mean? They like to pick it up on their own. They, just, they get to see it quite quickly. Just go, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, as opposed yeah. to, oh, you need this size of stick precisely, and then you... Right, right. Yeah. It works good, though. Even sometimes, even when the wood's wet, you can't find birch bark. Oh, just it's... grab a bunch of sticks, hold the lighter under it, put it down, build the fire on top, right? Yeah, that's yeah. cool stuff. Man. Yeah, nice, man. I find I try to use the ferro rod as much as possible because it's like oh, it's the closest thing to being in the Harry Potter universe as you can right. without actually being a wizard. And who doesn't want to be a wizard? Exactly. Yeah, and just get jump full speed into the LARPing scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh... What's that? So that's that's the next stage. The next stage. Yeah. <laughs> Bunnick three. Just 180 and just go full nerd. Yeah. Love it. So uh what's next for you, man? You're uh, telling me about some upcoming trips. Uh yeah, so short little winter camping videos throughout the winter, the Nunavut truck trip, maybe working with Toyota. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm speaking too soon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'll be driving my Toyota. So yeah. Toyota cool. boy. Yeah. Um I go to Panama mm-hmm. for doing like a wilderness survival course with Tom Tom Wilson. Panama, yeah, in Panama. Wow, on an island. Oh, well, be no cool. kidding. So it's like a course. So I'll be learning like survival skills to learn how to. Tom and Will, like from Castaway. Tom and Wilson. <laughs> no, Tom Hanks. Tom, and, oh god, yeah. Tom. Something. He he has a channel. It's called Wilderness Survival. He's been on YouTube forever. Neat. You would, you would know him if you saw him, but. Yeah. Uh, really bad with these names uh yeah so doing a course with him and then doing a video there and then doing a nunavut trip and uh Callaway, and then 
planning the summer, man. Like I'm so Nineveh, you're already on right, my butt about right. summer trips, and I'm just like, oh yeah. man, I'm just trying to I know, figure out I know. what I'm doing it's, tomorrow. It's, it's hard, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we got to yeah. do a spring trip. Yeah, I just getting uh, fired up, excited about it. You know, one of the places that I feel like I haven't even gone enough is like spring brookie trips in Algonquin, right? Like right. I absolutely because I'm always on the white water trying to go farther, but like Algonquin Park is an amazing speckled trout fishery. It's like a black you know? hole for yeah. me on the map. I'm like, okay, where am I paying yeah. my next trip? And then there's like big Algonquin, and I'm yeah. just like. Got to drive around, around it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the same, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. it's right here. Dude. It's right. It's yeah. a big, beautiful park. I just yeah. feel like it's overused, right, maybe. But right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not going to the right. Place. It has gotten a little gorgeous, bit more. Man. It is. It yeah. has gotten a little more overused. But if you're getting into the backcountry in the spring for spring trout season, yeah. you know, you're you're kind of running into more fishermen there. It's not really over uh you know there's a lot of people that are just like it's like a religion to them to get in and go spring trout fishing yeah, yeah. but there's yeah there's some places where at that time of year you're not getting the main influx of like endless amounts of summer camps or everything you know me and tori the weekend after may 2-4 we paddled opiongo crow river petawawa river to mcmanus like pretty much crossing a majority of the park didn't yeah, see yeah. one person Nice. Not one person so yeah it's somewhere I, I was thinking i'd like to get into and do some do like a try to chase some big big trout and do like a pretty badass trip you know um but it's hard to do everything isn't it you know Man, I can't, like mm. especially doing these longer trips like mm. if if i do a 10-day trip mm. i'm editing for two weeks right and yeah. then there goes a month right and then if there's only like you know yeah. four months of the summer or right three like real serious months it's yeah. like yeah our it, seasons aren't too long our summers aren't too long here right no <laughs> so it's it's hard to do it all I, i'd love to get an editor i've had like you know help with your editor as well um kyle kyle he's coming on the show eh? yeah he's coming he's j- jumping into baird country nice <laughs> yeah i just thought it'd be interesting kind of behind the scenes but right. also he's another guy that's man he's like not even 30 and he's managed to start this whole business when all these other people from his generation are never going to be able to afford a house and never going to be right. he's like doing it all traveling the world to exotic locations like photo- photographing hot chicks <laughs> like you know but he's like plays hockey Playboy, and basketball millionaire yeah like who is this dude <laughs> like, okay. who i want to talk to this dude yeah, so i'm yeah, gonna yeah, get him in so. here too yeah cool yeah That'd right on man on the show Cool, man. So we get into some brookies this year or what? I'm thinking so, yeah. 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 If you want, if we'll get you like maybe uh maybe Crow River, maybe Nipissing, trying some you know where we would really load in and maybe catch that like eight pounders on those little lakes off the Nipissing River where you have to like bushwhack into Mm. them. You're not allowed to camp there. You ever thought about like oh I have a pack raft, I just mm. haven't used it yet. Right. You know, right. like a canoe in pack raft. Yeah. Like, Dude, like I totally so like I have really one too. Kooky like that. I you know, I've been talking I was talking to Brad Jennings before the pandemic right. that we we're gonna start from here. Now this wouldn't be a brookie trip, but then we'd bushwhack to Big Deer Lake and take the Deer River, it's called locally, but the Fiari back down to maple island and there's all these little white water rapids there's walleye in there and stuff nice. like that and pike would be open but it'd nice. be like this tight little intimate little like white water ledges and just like a river that no one ever paddles that very few people see there's a few places lower down where quad trails come into it mm. but it would start with like a 7k bushwhack to like a wicked backcountry lake so you right? need That's, to pack raft it uh, yeah yeah because you'd start from my house and right. this is all just bush back here you'd start yeah. from my house 7k bushwhack bushwhack yeah would be the start 
boom, then you'd be on the water the rest of the time. And then you'd finish about 15 minute drive from my front door. Sweet. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I've been talking to Brad, but you know, if I was, that's cool. That'd be a cool pack crafting one and close, but it's like, you know, if I was going to take five days, man, maybe I'd rather go into There's the no spring ass. and go to Algonquin and go, <laughs> yeah. go get, get, get some big specs. Uh, and you know what I mean? Hi man. I'm yeah. four years into this. I feel mm -hmm. like I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. You know, how much time do I have left? Like, right. Like, yeah. Hopefully I stay relevant enough to like yeah. bang out some more videos for yeah. a few years you know well i want to start this. a reaction channel yeah yeah well i did yeah, <laughs> yeah you did already yeah oh well, cool i, I haven't yeah. done any video well i've yeah. done my video and we'll see but that's cool. gonna be kind of on the side like your podcast but it, honestly this mm. podcast thing is such a good idea for you thanks it's buddy. like this works well appreciate it man yeah uh well uh, maybe we should uh wrap this up a bit buddy i think we've been uh, chatting for a while so uh yeah appreciate it man well yeah, it's been a lot of fun thanks yeah. for having me on um yeah. No problem. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for making it work. I know you had to drive a bit out of your way, so. Oh, yeah. Appreciate no, it, It's man. all good. Yeah. Anything for you, Jim. Yeah, looking forward to the future trips, man.